Blog Talk Radio.
about our lives, to look back upon our lives and to be able to remember. Remember how you pulled us out of death, sheer death, literal situations throughout, in some cases, multiple times in our lives where you have saved our lives. Even for us to realize and to look look back over all of it and realize that even at the time we were un, you know, undeservant of such mercy, but you still gave it to us. We praise you for all of the things that we are blessed with today that we might not have tomorrow, but we praise you for them now and we hope and pray that our, your divine protection will be ours and that we won't be put into a crummy situation, but we know that we might. And we pray that we're very graceful and, and full of love and able to you know pers- persevere and, and be full of joy and understand that the, the days that we're in right now might require us to go through a little bit of ugly that we didn't anticipate, but be ready to be able to take it, take it on gracefully. And and understand that the things, you know, understand that when those dynamics occur, that the things that we do have in our lives that seem so important may not really be nearly as important as we thought at all. And also to recognize that where we're going, we don't need any of it anyway. We don't want any of it anyway. We praise you and we just want to be in your presence. We want to be able to climb that hill, that awesome hill up the Mount Zion and be in your presence in the city of the living God. We want to be in your presence, Lord Jesus. We want to be able to stand with before you guilt-free because our Father has, has expunged, has completely blotted out all of our iniquity and sin as high as the heavens that are above the earth. We want to be able to stand with you with, before you, Father God, in the throne room with exceeding joy. We call down your holy fire around about all of us, and we pray in the name of Jesus that a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit will intermingle with it and blow white hot and prevent any evil from be, being able to even come close to us. That at the moment that any entity of the darkness even sets their will against us for a moment or any a contract or assignment has been placed against us, that it will be vaporized by the fire of God. 
We praise you, Father God, for such power. We thank you, Father God, for such a divine protection. We praise you for helping us to be able to learn how to trust you. We may not be perfect at it. We still worry sometimes, and we've been told many times not to be anxious. But we're going to continue to work on every attribute and foible that we have in our personality that needs to be corrected. Continue to give you praise and honor and glory for all of the things that all of the uh, prayers that we've asked to to be answered that haven't quite yet been answered yet. Uh, But we know they will be. Uh, If they're not literally, they will be in kind. And we praise you and you will give us something that is far better than we were even anticipating or hoping for. Because you can see the beginning from the end and you love us. And we praise you for loving us that much that you would forgive us even when we stumble multiple times. Father, we just thank you. We praise you for the days that we're in right now. We thank you for all of the weird, creepy, evil, dark, end times things that are happening because these mean that it is ever so much closer to the very day that we'll be able to stand before you, Jesus. And that is all we want to do. We want to be able to meet you. We want to be able to talk with you. We want to be able to laugh with you. We want to be able to learn things and, and find out how much you know we thought about you and, and, and our existence on this earth and, and where we came from and why we're here and all these things and wonder, um, uh, you know, Malachi 3.16, how much of it blessed you and how much of it was close, uh, close to a proper understanding. We just praise you because it makes things so much more exciting, helps us to understand our existence here, seems very much so to line up with all of the scripture as much as, as, as we're able to line up. And we thank you for it. We praise you because it excites us. It helps us to be able to witness to people that we would otherwise not be able to witness to. And, and, and also to remember that if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. First Corinthians 8, 2, and we assume that we don't have it all figured out. That would be absolutely, well, kind of nutty. And we just thank you, Father God, for all of your awesomeness, for your glory, for your unbelievable mercy, for the multitude of your tender mercies, indeed, and your loving kindness uh, that is beyond our comprehension, the love that you have for each one of us, loving us even when we were in our worst place in life or in our darkest place, and being the lover of our soul and, and the advocate of our salvation. And we praise you, Lord Jesus, and plead your blood upon us, upon our children, upon every aspect of our life. Uh, as it says in Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. You turn it wherever you wish, and we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we might be able to glorify you, Father, John 14, 13, 12, 13, and 14, that we might be able to glorify you, Father. We pray that you will turn the king's heart in a manner that will help us to have as best blessed and um fruitful a walk uh, as we can possibly have as and, and, and one that it draws in through sanctification ever more holy and closer to you in, in divine obedience. In Jesus' name we pray, and now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy, exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, dominion, majesty and power both now and forever and ever father god we praise you and we cannot wait to see you cannot wait to be in your presence allow the days to progress in accordance with your will and allow us to be used to feed your sheep in jesus name we pray amen I told you to seek 
watch and pray For I would come for you one day I gave you my word so you would know The time I'd come and take you home It's time for you to look around The signs I gave were coming down Don't be called a sleeping blind You don't want to be left Come and be home. 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 Come and be holy. Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, we started to move all of the, well, you know, pretty much all, not every single one uh, of the shows. Well, actually, every single one over to a three-hour show. Now, we do still have a slight delta on when the guests are coming on when we do Joy, Jeffries, Pew, and Zen. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, we're starting to, you know, we uh, tonight is our first uh, uh, iteration of, for at least for now, <clears throat> to um, – uh, move the shows over to a um, three-hour format again, uh, just because, um, you know, it's getting pretty wacky out there. Uh, and also because we've been consistently running over, I've been consistently running over uh the one hour mark, you know, to the tune of about uh, 15 minutes or so, excuse me, um, uh, consistently. And um, also uh, the guests uh, have been, you know, (laughs) running over time due uh, in some cases for a whole half an hour and even longer uh, as we had with Paige Kofi and uh, going even, uh, wow, uh, like, I think we went 10 or 15 minutes past the three hour mark, which was kind of miraculous because technically blog talk radio is not, uh, I've been cut off by doing that, you know, when you go over the three hour mark, but anyway, um, we are having some challenges, uh, shuffling people around on the, on the schedule. Uh, it didn't work out quite as eloquently as I was hoping for. I'm still going to think it through, uh, try to figure out if, if there's some way to do it. Uh, I I don't know if I can accomplish what I want to accomplish. Um, I I don't know. I'm I, I'm thinking it through because uh, Lauren Peterson and I are trying to be careful not to go back to a full-blown schedule on Saturdays because and, – and I'm not even sure if he wants to go back and do Saturdays because, uh, you know, as homeowners and with him selling his uh, mother's house and everything, it's real hard to give up 
a Saturday and be doing a, you know, radio show recordings. So, um, again, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. But anyway, praise God. Tonight we're doing three hours. We're going to be bringing on Brother Benjamin around, uh, let's see here, 7 to 8, 8 30, uh, and uh, maybe even a little bit earlier if he's there. Um, and uh, he's going to be giving all the way till uh, 10, you know, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, and uh, uh, that'll give him, you know, a full 90 minutes, which is awesome, uh, to, uh, to really be able to dig deep into uh, some of the things that the Lord has shown him. Uh, and, uh, you know, and also his partnership and understanding of some of the advanced, uh, um, you know, uh, war dynamics, uh, earthly conflict dynamics that are um, an area of expertise for not only Benjamin, but also his friend J.R. Nyquist. And um, uh, so we, we shall uh, be very, very blessed tonight uh, to get a, a really good understanding of what is exceedingly likely uh, to happen. You know, again, uh, God is in control, uh, you know, uh, but boy, oh boy. Uh, do we have a lot of indicators that things could could get you know pretty uh, you know pretty you know unexpectedly uh, uh, you know and, and the other thing is too we got to remember uh, you know what does define a war and it, you know is it a nuke and you know is that what's going to happen we don't I don't know you know does World War Three you know look what happened with World War Two okay I mean that stretched out for like you know, a long 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 time and uh, Hitler's movement for example w- with his complete with the Blitzkrieg and everything else as long as conventional warfare is, is part of the dynamic okay maybe it's not the end game uh but uh you know if conventional warfare is part of it um look at how long it has taken thus far for russia with all of their expertise and exceedingly advanced weaponry uh to be able to uh lock down just because of the sheer numbers they were facing uh the uh the donbass and donetsk uh, area Mariupol, etc and they haven't even done anything about odessa yet okay so um you know who knows if they're even going to the point I'm making is uh, Russia has held to what they said they were going to, you know, do thus far. I'm not saying they're sticking that, that you know, there. Uh, we're certainly antagonizing them in a manner that is beyond comprehension, really, uh, for most. And most people that are looking into such things and awakening uh, to what's really going on over there are befuddled. They're very lost. They really cannot understand. They can't understand the lies. They, they you know, they, a lot of people are having a hard time putting together the, you know, re- really even believing the, the, the narrative about uh, the, uh, the, 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 the sickness and the twisted evil associated with the um, bioweapons labs that were uncovered over there. Uh, you know, sometimes things are so twisted and so evil, people just don't want to believe them. But they really are. That's the problem. Things are really every bit as evil, if not more evil, than most people that are wide awake realize. Things that I don't even want to talk about. I mean, there, you know, there was a time when we would touch upon some of the subjects, but there's things, you know, there are things you can't talk about. And you can't unhear them. You can't unsee them. And you almost wish that you hadn't. And there, there have been times when I was studying certain information, SRADID and stuff like that, and I had to put the book down. I could not read anymore. It's horrible. Uh, so anyway, um, and there's a lot of that kind of horror going on over there in the Ukraine uh, right now. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, certainly not on account of us doing nothing about it. We certainly, you know, this country, Babylon the Great, has clearly been uh, antagonizing beyond, uh, you know, but it's all intentional. They want to start World War Three. They want to move this whole thing forward. You know, so again, we're going to have to wait and see, you know, and again, what is the definition of the beginning of a war? 
Uh, and is it going to be all nuclear? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, ultimately, God is in control. We're going to have to wait and see. But we're going to be given a lot of powerful information this evening uh, that I think is going to be compulsive uh, in our understanding and what is likely. Okay, or, you know, depending on your perspective, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I certainly wouldn't, you know, freak out, set your hair on fire and go running down the street screaming in your megaphone or anything like that. But um, I think this is extremely exciting, a high level of likelihood, because we do know absolutely, because we're seeing it happen in action, that the seals will be rolling out together. Okay, and I I I made, I made that uh, uh, postulation uh, many many years ago, uh, many years ago, and uh, I I you know I said the seals can all be popped at one time essentially, and then the scrolls can be rolled out uh, you know in parallel. They can be rolled out you know uh, you know at different rates of speed, etc. Okay, and and we are seeing similar dynamics taking place right now. You know we see the third seal unfolding right now beyond any shadow of a doubt. There is no question about it. I I have the data that we have and the data that we've communicated is so unimpeachable that you can't deny it. And if you do deny it, then you're negligible and naughty. Okay. And that being, that being said, you better reevaluate the way you're looking at things because you're certainly not going to be ready. Praise God. And we don't want to not be ready. All right. Praise Jesus. So anyway, so, um, uh, you know, all that being said, uh, we know pretty much where we are in the biblical end times timeline uh, to some degree. We don't know exactly how much more things we have to go through, et cetera, et cetera. But we have a pretty good list of stuff that we're probably going to go through. We don't know exactly how much of it, uh, you know, and and uh, but anyway, uh, all that being said. This is really cool. This is a very exciting place to be. Uh, we finally got to a place where we can be excited about uh, uh, getting out of here eventually, or, you know, it might take a little while. We don't know how long it's going to take the scrolls to, scrolls to roll out. We, you, know, it, it, you know, nothing is absolute, okay? And, and again, it's difficult. Uh, you know, I'm tracking personally. I'm continuing to track the Republican midterm election stuff. I know that there could be a massive black swan event that would prevent and, and allow martial law to be instituted. We talked about this uh, even at the end of 2015. Uh, I personally didn't believe that Obama was going to leave office. Okay, a lot of us didn't think he was going to leave office. Quite frankly, uh, martial law was all over the place. I mean, there were people calling up Alex Jones, and they were physically seeing entire semi-trailers. One person called up Alex Jones and said, uh, you know, hey, I just need to tell you this. I was on my way down XYZ Highway, uh, and on, I, there were troopers that had pulled over this big semi-trailer, and they had opened up the back. I even got the audio recording, uh, and, and uh, they, I, they, they said that they had opened up the back of the uh, semi-trailer. Uh, the police were looking inside the back for some reason, and the, the driver by, the person drove by, said they had seen stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of signs inside the trailer all the way back uh, saying um, martial law in effect. Okay, and um, and they called up Alex Jones. I remember that. And I, re I recorded that little tidbit. And I, I really thought, you know, this was going to happen for sure, beyond any shadow of a doubt. I believe it for sure. Uh, and it didn't exactly come to pass the way that I thought it was going to. So um, I, I don't know, uh, you know, I, but I am super excited about this because, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, for an untold number of reasons, really, when it comes right down to it, because really, when you think about it, you know, let's say that we made a big list of about 30 things that we know are going to happen. A, now, now again, these, these events that I'm talking about, some of them can be prophetic. Some of them can be from visions and dreams. Some of them can be correlated from the prophetic and the visions and dreams over to the Bible, which make them the most trustworthy of all. Okay, um, but let's say we had 30 things written down. All these are events, and we put them in the best possible chronological order that we could. 
All right. In other words, we've thought it all through. We've listened to everything. We've cross-correlated different uh, contextual events and some of the different, uh, you know, uh, prophecies, dreams, and visions and such. And we we stitched it all together as best as we possibly could. We know that we have a margin of error. We're not sure what that margin of error is. And we certainly don't know how much time there's going to be between each event. Okay. That's a lot of variables. Now then, now if you take those 30 events, what don't we know? Well, we don't know precisely where the barley harvest is going to occur within the midst of them. We can say it comes after this point, after the third seal. We can say it, it almost certainly comes, well, it definitely comes before the sixth seal, which is the day of the Lord, and a great earthquake, shakes the whole earth, and all kinds of things, and nuclear, you know, global, you know, the wiping out of Babylon the Great, uh, you know, even aliens. Uh, you know, a fig tree shaking like a mighty wind, uh, you know, stars falling from the sky like a fig tree shaking like a mighty wind, which lines up with a lot of stuff. But anyway, at the end of the day, there's going to be a, it's going to be it's definitely not the sixth seal. So we know. But we know. What we, but we but what we do know from other prophecies, dreams and visions and such is that the wheat harvest, OK, which would be the second iteration or the second watch, which you will see in Luke 12, verses 35, 36, 37. And there, the second watch uh, would be the wheat harvest that would align perfectly. And that would be after the three days of darkness, which is the sun turns black as sackcloth of hair, which is in Revelation 6, verse 12. All right, so all these things kind of, you know, let's say we had all 30, 30, 30 different events all kind of lined up, you know, meteor showers, um, you know, boy, oh, boy, do we have a lot of stuff. Uh, two tactical nukes being shot from an F-15, 16, whatever, uh, you know, at the Fort Al facility in Iran, uh, seen by Dr. David O'Rourke. We got the sinking of uh, a United States aircraft carrier off the north coast of, of North Korea uh, that we're looking for. We, you know, we've just, the list just goes on and on. I mean, I mean, we have so much stuff that we're watching for. Now then, do you know exactly what, what, you know, do you know how long it took Hitler, for example, to get over and occupy France? You know, from when, when he first did, you know, he, he occupied the Czech Republic. Then he went in and took over Poland, started doing all kinds of bad stuff. But it was a pretty long time before he made it over and started annoying Britain. Now, so again, there's a lot of dynamics in play, and we don't really know. One thing that we do know is that it is highly likely, okay, that uh, a lot of these things can be happening at the same time. Imagine that. We can have pestilence. Think about all the things that Jesus told us about in the Olivet Discourse, Mark 13, Luke 12, and Matthew 24, which, by the way, line up really beautifully together, although there's certain details and stuff about certain things that you get from, you know, a little bit more from one than the other, okay, which is, which is really cool because you can, like, stitch together and fill in blanks and all that kind of stuff. All right, but anyway, uh, uh, and even to mention Planet X, in my opinion, which is Matthew 24, 29, which says that, you know, when you see the sign of the Son of Man, when, when they see the sign of the Son of Man, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, in, you know, in the clouds, et cetera, you know, whatever. Uh, and, all the, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Well, it's the sign of the Son of Man. It's not the Son of Man. Okay, so that would be planet X, right? Nibiru. Uh, that would be at a point in time where it's visual, which, by the way, aligns beautifully with the 1979 Sarah vision, whereby toward the end of a whole bunch of cataclysmic events and pestilence and famine and war events and nukes and all kinds of stuff happening, uh, you know, she eventually said that people saw some big, you know, planetary-like object in the sky. So there was right there somebody from 1979, even before, you know, the, the early, you know, in the 80s when Scientific American and all these other uh, 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 very well-known um, uh, and very popular uh, magazines were putting, you know, articles out about Planet X and its existence and they're tracking it and all the other things, uh, you know, about it uh, until they cut off all information regarding Planet X in the early 90s. 
Then it became taboo, even to the point where they killed Admiral Harrington from the United States Naval Observatory after he met with uh, Zechariah Sitchin and said he was going to take his telescope down to, to Antarctica and watch for, for it to come from the south, which, it, which by the way, that, that aligns up with the Sumerian information, et cetera. And, he, and, he, and, you know, and because it's coming in because the, uh, the elliptical orbit is not uh, in, aligned with, uh, in alignment with our ecliptic plane, you see. So it's coming in from the south part of the Earth. And then that's where, well, guess what? They killed him with a fast-acting cancer. He died like 90 days after he made that announcement. That's how much these entities don't want anybody knowing about that. But people discover about it anyway because they hear leaked information, NASA, whistle, NASA whistleblowers, people that have telescopes that are unbelievably powerful, uh, you know, uh, the leaked information from black ops uh, priests from the Vatican. Uh, you know, uh, it, the information is just overwhelming when you take a look just the whistleblower information, but never mind the books, a lot of which have derived information uh, on trajectories and timing and everything else under the sun, uh, no pun intended, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, from ancient writings, you know, the, uh, the Vedic texts, uh, you know, the ones, you know, the, the, the Mahabharata, et cetera, and then, uh, you know, Sanskrit and stuff, and then also, uh, um, you know, uh, ancient Japanese texts, which is what uh, Percival Lowell, uh, the, uh, in, you know, the, uh, um, I don't know, must have been a very wealthy man, but Percival Lowell uh, uh, was the uh, builder and creator or whatever of the Lowell Observatory. And the whole reason why he, what, you know, sought the funding and did what all the things that he, were necessary for him to do to create the Lowell Observatory was because he was a absolutely gushing uh, uh uh, historian and hum- and uh, you know and just on fire reader of the ancient um <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> excuse me hold on a second let me get a drink of water all right i think it's a little better hmm okay so anyway um he was a um uh, just really big into Japanese hist- history he's read and he read uh all about their writings of uh planet x etc and um and so th- that was the number one reason that was the driver that was what drove him emotionally financially and everything else under the sun to create the Lowell observatory um uh so um that's very fascinating and oh my gosh the list goes on and on and on you know it's it's almost like an everlasting gobstopper it's just amazing i i've got entire white papers that are like 80 90 pages of that stuff uh that I, i've done entire shows on nibiru and planet x all right but anyway praise god um uh so so we and we see all these dynamics happening right now with with with, with climate change it's not climate change what it is is it's 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 better referred to as catastrophic climate change remember it used to be called global warming you know a la what's his name you know and, and uh, inconvenient truth blah 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 you know what a bunch of baloney so anyway <clears throat> you know that's what happens when you got you know van Empire blood drinking reptil- shape shifting reptilians going out and telling you a, a narrative that whatever anyway so so but it really the, around even even by the time you know that was taking place um uh you know you had uh, much more going on you had military papers that were being written uh they referred to it as catastrophic climate change and how it would influence the national security of the united states et cetera, et cetera. they hired entire teams of scientists to do studies on the stuff Okay, uh, there was the paper written by Iorio, a sci- uh, an astrophysicist, okay, who wrote the paper that is still published to this day as a peer-reviewed paper on Cornell University site, which is entitled 
of the eccentricity of the moon, uh, where he was using laser measurement tools to uh, you know, measure the distance of the moon from the Earth uh, over a extended period of time and realized that the moon was no longer orbiting around the earth in an appropriate or orbit, which is, which is an orbit that is equidistant at all times from the moon to the earth. However, with his laser measuring equipment, Iorio was able to determine that no longer was the moon in an equidistant orbit around the earth, but instead it had shifted into what's known as an elliptical orbit. And he had calculated it out to like, you know, the inverse proportional multitude of the XYZ quotient and divided by the distance of 93 AUs. And oh, my gosh, it was amazing. So much math. I couldn't. I was like my eyes were bugging out. Uh, but yet he put in brackets right in his, um, uh, you know, uh, in his abstract, which is basically a summary of what the entire paper is about uh, in the in the abstract section. And he even put in brackets, he said, the most likely Newtonian candidate for the eccentricity of the moon's orbit around Earth is Tyke, Nemesis, Planet X, or Nibiru. He comes right out and says it. And this is a peer-reviewed uh, scientific paper that is still available to this day on Cornell University's website, okay? None of this stuff – and by the way, the, you, know, you know how um, God likes to use movies prophetically as well as, you know, Satan likes to use them as well for whatever purpose he's going to use them for. But anyway, at the end of the day, a lot of these movies and TV programs and all this other stuff, it's prophetic. So if you want to learn about these things, you can go out – you're going to have to probably order it special, uh, you know, eBay or, or maybe – Maybe, maybe you can get it off of Amazon. Somebody told me they got it there okay. Uh, but it's called Impact. Not Deep Impact. Don't get confused with the Danny Glovers, I'm the president, blah, 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 meteor coming to earth and kids riding motorcycles up hills. It's none of that. Okay? This is just simply called Impact. Okay? Impact. And it's like a two-season TV series made for TV kind of thing. But the first season is amazing because when it's the science, it's, oh, my gosh, it's so factual, will blow your mind, has everything in it, including the eccentricity of the moon that the scientists started to notice just before really bad stuff started happening on Earth. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it's pretty eye-opening. And it very well may be highly prophetic in its nature because the Bible doesn't tell us every detail, does it? No, it doesn't. All right, praise God. So a lot of the things that happen in season one might actually happen here on Earth, eventually, which would, of course, make things ten times worse because nobody would understand why they're happening. Why are trains lifting off their tracks on certain parts of the Earth and flying, you know, moving, you know, crashing and just – anyway – now then, um, uh, but the, the, this is exciting because if you took those 30 items, whatever that list is, and you recognize that the scrolls can roll out all at one time, so World War III can start while the pestilence, the famine, everything else is happening, the global financial collapse can, can happen as a result of something that happens in the fourth seal, World War III. You see where I'm heading with this? There's no way to really nail down exactly what part of what seal happens when if the seals are rolling out simultaneously. 
And the one thing that you can never do is you can never listen to somebody who's had a, a mighty vision from the Lord, uh, you know, that sounds chronological, and especially when they come right out and they admit uh, that they've lost track of time. Right there you have this, I, you know, and plus, one of the things that we, you know, most people know when they study prophecies, dreams, and visions, but especially visions and dreams, is that a lot of times they're not in order. Okay, they seem like they are to the person who's, you know, where they're at, but that doesn't mean anything. Okay, so anyway, um, uh, so that makes this extra, extra exciting. We don't know exactly how it's all going to, but we want to keep our heads together. We want to, you know, uh, stay, as the Bible refers to in 1 Thessalonians 5, Titus 2, 2, 1 Peter uh, 1, 17, 1, uh, uh, 1, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 1, what is that? Is that a 13? You know, it looks like a 113, I think. And 1 Peter 5.18, where the word nepho in Greek is used, which means level-headed, improperly um, uh, uh, improperly uh, translated over to the word sober. Okay? Anyway, we're supposed to be level-headed. Keep our heads together. Don't sell the farm. Don't go running around with a bee in your bonnet and going, ah, and screaming things in a microphone and getting thrown into jail with all the Jan- January 6th, you know, fake writers uh, and all that. And, oh, man, it's just a messed up world we live in right now. But you know what? All these things could happen. We could take that entire list of 30 items and just go like, watch it, you know, just check, put, put like a little box beside each one of them on a whiteboard. And things could just start, start popping off all over the whiteboard. Because World War III, and it doesn't matter, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter necessarily whether it's a conventional or a nuclear beginning or whatever the case may be. At the end of the, at, at the, end of the day, it's not going to be a, an entire destruction of the entire world. We know that. But World War III, the, regardless of the way that it manifests or the order of the events, at the end of the day – it's still something that could drag on for a while. And that means that all this other stuff that we're watching, you make those checkboxes past everything that Jesus said, pestilence, famine, people you know, in your own family turning you in, uh, you know, having to go testify before magistrates, uh, you know, pr- uh, persecution of the Christians, burning, which is essentially bombing and burning. Uh, they're already putting graffiti on churches right now over, over pro-life. So, so there you go. You know, there, it, it, the volatility is there. The possibility of a gigantic uh, civil war breaking off. Listen, we had just had, I kid you not, I'm going to read this to you in a second. Okay, we just had uh, the Texas uh, uh, Republican group. Okay, they, call, they refer to it as the GOP, but I like saying Republican because GOP and blah, blah, blah. You know, but anyway, the Republicans in Texas. Okay, the law, Republican lawmakers in Texas got together. They went and watched 2,000 two mules, and they saw the movie. They said, oh, my my gosh, this is unimpeachable. We were ripped off for sure. Biden is definitely not the president. So the the, the entire Republican branch, uh, you know, uh, Republican uh, uh, group of lawmakers in Texas made a resolution, which, you know, it's a resolution. It's not going to, you know, whatever. It's not going to change anything. Okay, but it's a resolution, very public, very well known, and, you know, nationally communicated now, leaking out internationally. Now, I'm not going to make it on CNN, by the way, uh, but it's getting out anyway. And they said in the resolution that Joe Biden is no longer our president. We proclaim it. Uh, They even mentioned things about, you know, this gives us the right to succeed from the union. I mean, they're going back totally constitutional here. Which, of course, is what you would want to do if that's where you were heading. All right. Amen. So anyway, praise God. So that is a uh, wow uh, kind of a thing uh, for any of us who are watching these things, because that would be that would set a precedent. Think about it. 
What in the world started the 1863? Was it 63 when it started? 60s, 1860s, 61, 62, you know, the real civil war, the original civil war. What started it? Was it slaves? Was it Abraham Lincoln? What was it? It was the South saying, thumb my nose at you guys up there in blue, uh, you know, running the country, uh, you know, uh, out of the city of Philadelphia. Okay, I'm thumbing my nose at you, and I am not going to let my, my slaves go free. So there. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing what you say. I'm not going to do it. You know, forget it. You can just forget about it. We are succeeding from you. We are succeeding from the United States of America is what caused the Civil War in the 1860s. It was the threat and the action to vote succession. When they called their own little Congress deal in the South, in the southern states, and they all sat there and they voted, and they wrote up their little proclamation that said, we are not going to be part of this country anymore. It's not our country. We're succeeding. That was the moment that they started, the Civil War. The bloodiest war, I think, other than World War I in the history of the world. Really? Amazing, huh? I mean, I was born just a few miles away from Gettysburg. Anyway, um, this is amazing. So here you got all the things happening and rolling and falling into place and snapping into position and everything for the Civil War here in the United States, the persecution of the Christians, the destruction of the churches, which would fulfill um, J. Vernon McGee's prophecy in 1950-60, where he said that the end times church would uh, collapse down into a, a kind of an underground church in people's homes. Okay, which would which would follow suit with what our family father, you know, judgment starts in the, in, in the house of the Lord. So, you know, I'm at, my goodness gracious, it's just like the fulfillment of all of the prophecies all at once. That's amazing. And then remember Bonnie from Bond's blog where, uh, you know, I've read it many, 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 many times, you know, on the program. I got to learn to say that faster. Um, right, kids? I got to learn to say many, 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 many. Yeah, I know. Many, many, many. Hey, kids. Hey, kids, look over here. Many, 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 many. <laughs> uh, I need like that. Anyway, so anyway, we here's the thing. You know what? It, 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 it's overwhelming. The I mean, again, just to get to straight to the point, it's overwhelming, and it's exciting. Literally, every single thing could go down pretty much at one time. It could. And the entities that are orchestrating it might actually know that. What's awful, awful interesting is when you take the Klaus Schwab comments, you know, the King Nazi comments about, you know, the the Shabba attack would be make the pandemic look, look like just uh, that bad day, you know, that kind of thing, taking down the, the the grid, taking down the entire grid, and of course they blame it on what Russia, right? <laughs> okay. Oh, it must be those darn Russians. Uh, okay. You see what I'm saying? So, so again, in, 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 and for all we know, it could be. Uh, but, you know, if they push them far enough. But the point is, look at how all these things could come together into one gigantic 
not even a perfect storm, but a, a perfect storm, but a perfect storm made up of three hurricanes coming from three different directions, which I know is meteorologically ridiculous. However, let's pretend for a second that three different hurricanes of gigantic size all came together from three different directions um, and created the most amazing storm that I was ever considered. What about the, the prophecy from, from, from Bond's blog from 2013 where she said, and, uh, and there will come a time that when these things start to happen so fast that you will barely be able to grab your breath between these events. <clears throat> Think about that. Wow. So if you imagine that list of 30, you look at the scrolls rolling out in parallel. You consider all of the events that are lined up. And at the end of the day, the one thing that you see is that must be likely through common sense analysis is that they could all come down, bam, 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 bam. Some of them happening in the same week. I mean, look, look at the mass shootings things that we had with the mind control slaves. They were bringing them out like every two or three days. Bam, another, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. And now they finally have gun uh, stuff that they're doing in, in Congress, which is what they wanted. They wanted to start the ball rolling forward, all right, which they succeeded at doing with, as they did. All right, we'll just leave it at that. All right, praise God. So this is, these are exciting times that we are in right now. I wanted to be able, this is one of the things that I'm able to do on programs that are three hours long because it gives me the extra time that I need to be able to expand on the details and the history of the world and all the different connecting dots that need to be connected to make the point that needs to be made. Uh, if I had, you know, if I didn't have that extra time, I wouldn't be able to explain how the Civil War actually really started. A lot of people don't know about that. People don't know these things. And these things are exceedingly important, particularly when we have a Republican a group, you know, the Republicans in the state of Texas uh, making such a proclamation and being so bold and bodacious about it. And how many others might follow? And what if they really mean it? Have you ever thought of that? And if they do, do you think they're going to be allowed? Do you think Obama and, and, and you know, with his marionette strings connected to Biden and his uh, depends, uh, and, you know, is do you think they're going to stop it? What do you think is going to happen? Do you, do you think they're going to call in an insurrection? Do you think they're going to bring in the National Guard? Do you think they're going to call Northcom? What do you think they're going to do? Is martial law going to get instituted because more than one state tried to do it? We don't know exactly the, how these things are going to break down. We don't know how far Russia might move. We don't know if Putin's going to live till next week. We don't know who's going to be put in charge after Putin dies. He might be a ruthless USSR guy right out of World War II that just wants to see the Eastern Bloc states restored to the USSR and hates NATO. And guess what? Bada bing, bada boom, game over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We don't know what's going to happen. These are details that the Lord has not given us. So we need to be on our A game, especially right now. Praise Jesus. Not that we shouldn't want to strive to be on our A game most of the time, if not all the time. I believe all the time. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, um, 
look, even Jesus warned warned us and said, uh, you know, y'all better not. You know, I'm totally summarizing this, but he basically said, y'all better not start getting drunk every single day and whooping down on your slaves and treating everybody mean and whipping on your wife and cussing like a sailor and, uh, you know, having, you know, relationships with the next door neighbor. You better not be pulling that stuff because when, you know, I might show up, Jesus might show up and I'll give you your share with the uh, with the, uh, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the people going to hell. So, you know, that's that is really that's a reality. I mean, Jesus warned us about it. And that's something that is very easy for people to do. Say, ah, the heck with it. It didn't happen. You know, ah, doggone it. I've even had people email me, folks. I cannot. I am. I promise you I'm telling you the truth. I can even name the person's name, but I will not. I will not do that because I like him. And I haven't heard from him in a while, and I wonder if it could happen again. I'm a little concerned. Uh, but he had told me that uh, because things were dragging on so long, he had backslidden significantly. Um, and I do mean significantly, if you know what I mean. But then he started seeing all the things starting to happen with the pandemic, and he started getting back in touch with me. And, you know, and I was all happy for him and all that kind of stuff. But he's gotten quietly. So this is a risk that, that all of us are subject to, and we want to watch our P's and Q's, especially now, because we don't know what the trigger event is going to be. We don't know if there's even going to be a trigger event. And whatever you were told by any – just remember this. Whatever you were told by any prophet, anybody in a vision, anybody in a dream, remember that the prayers of the saints are considered above and first and foremost above those things and god can change the dynamic anytime he wants to just remember the book of jonah remember the 400 year reprieve that was given to nineveh uh just keep that in the tuck back in the back of your mind and remember don't sell the farm but be ready because look at all the things that are happening right now and look at the prophecy that we had that these things could happen so fast that we can't catch our breath breath between them uh look at you know wow i mean the thing happening right now just they're literally the early fulfillment of virtually all of the major prophecies that we've been tracking for the last 11 years and boy is that saying a lot thank you jesus hallelujah praise god very exciting kids kids you guys want to do a couple of jokes or what (laughs) i thought so okay kids let's see if we can okay how about this kids the patient says doctor i've lost my memory and the doctor says, when did this happen? The patient says, when did what happen? <laughs> Kids, that's pretty funny, isn't it? <laughs> Even I think that's funny. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Kids, what happens to a phone when it's dropped in water? What happens to a phone when it's dropped in water? Don't go try it. Don't go try it. Your mom will, she won't kill you. That's just a figure of speech. But, you know, it wouldn't be a good night. No ice cream for you. Well, they're, they're, well probably worse. Okay, so don't even try it. But what happens when a phone is dropped in water? It sinks. Now, the word sinks is spelled S-Y-N-C-S. Isn't that funny, kids? It sinks. When it's dropped in, no, that's not funny. Uh, that's not funny. I, 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 look, I take, I'll take my booze. Throw your ice cream cones this direction. I can pretty good. Praise God. All right. Anyway, the next one. Are snakes faster without their shells? No, they're more sluggish. Get it? <laughs> they're slugs. Sluggish. 
Okay. Hey. All right. What did the Buffalo see when his son went to school, kids? I'll give you an extra one, the bonus one, because I got that. I struck out with that one. What did the Buffalo see when his son went to school? Bye, son. <laughs> kids, Bison, come on, man. Work with me. This is good. Okay. Uh, dances with wolves. You know what I'm saying, kids? Okay, it's all good. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. And on that note, let's go ahead and tackle into the news. And we might actually end up with some time to go in and discuss them a little bit more, which I think is an order. Sometimes I get into those situations where I rush really fast through the news and we don't really get to wrap them in the end times context that they ought to be wrapped in for everybody to have that aha moment. Uh, sometimes I'm guilty of uh, failing to wrap them in the end times uh, concept or context appropriately because my assumption is that all the listeners of the program are where I am in my understanding or similar similar to some degree or close to or maybe advanced, more advanced than I am. I don't know. And that, and then because of the diversity of the group, uh, of the crowd or whatever, whatever you want, you know, the listeners, um, uh, we just don't know. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, how much do I talk about it? How much context do I wrap them in? How much history do I add to the headlines to make them all fit so unbelievably supernaturally into the end times biblical narrative? Praise God. It's an amazing thing. Okay, but I don't really know the answer to that question. I just kind of wing it. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And on that note, let's go ahead and move into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the first thing I wanted to bring to your attention uh, up front uh, is uh, so... So I um uh, I forget what it was I ordered, but I ordered something and I just decided I was going to have UPS come to the house. Ha- I was too busy. And I, I was like, UPS can come to the house and pick it up. Well, of course, when that happens, I got to watch the security camera really close because they just come up and put a sign on the door and say, we were here. And if you're not watching, when they ring that doorbell, you got to run downstairs. If you're in a meeting and you got the doorbell turned off, well, guess what? Now you got to, now you got to take it back. You got to drop it off at the UPS store yourself, which I don't want to do. So I was watching everything. So I saw the truck pull out. I was like, all right, this is it. I grabbed the box, had to send, you know, they were picking it up, send it back to, to Amazon. And, um, and I ran down the stairs and everything and I gave it to the, the lady and she, and, you know, I, I don't I'm, you know, don't really like to leave the house. I call myself a hybrid agoraphobic. I actually told her that and she cracked up laughing. What happened was and I think you'll find this interesting. What happened was uh, she, she 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 took the box and she she was like shaking her head and she goes, man, I almost dread getting back into the truck. Boy, it's hot and all that other stuff. And I said, I know and people are going nuts out there. And she goes, boy, you are not kidding. And she literally stopped walking back to the truck and turned around and faced me. Uh, and like I said, we, we we know each other pretty well and we're always saying hi and all that kind of stuff. And um, 
she was like, oh, you just wouldn't believe that people have lost their ever-loving mind. It's absolutely unbelievable. And uh, she says, I'm basically in, uh, and I'm like agoraphobic. I, you know, I said, I said, well, that's why I, I don't even want to leave the house myself. I said, I call myself a hybrid agoraphobic. The only time I leave my house is when my boss says I have to. And then, of course, she buzzed up laughing and looked back at the UPS truck. <laughs> so we had that totally in common. But the very fact that she brought that up, I thought was very noteworthy. I'm I'm not going to break break down the multiple levels of possibilities that are associated, and the vaccine is included in that list. And don't forget that in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, the locusts come down to the earth. Who are the ones that the locusts are not allowed to sting? Here's your quiz question for the night. Who are the ones that the locusts are not allowed to sting in Revelation 9? I'll fill it in for you. They're called the tribulation saints. They will be cast into the tribulation. It's mentioned in Revelation 2, 22. Uh, and um, uh, it applies to all of the six of the seven churches, uh, uh, you know, in the report cards in chapter 2 and 3, that, which are all metaphors. Uh, six of the seven churches, except for the Church of Philadelphia, it applies to all of them. Okay, that just happens to be the threat that was used by our Heavenly Father, actually Jesus, uh, as he was warning them that they better get their ducks in a row, or else they'll be cast into the Great Tribulation. All right, Revelation 2, 22, look it up. All right, now, um, uh, but who are they? Well, they're the Tribulation Saints. They're the foolish virgins. What else do we know about them? They happen to be the ones that did not get stung by the locusts in chapter 9. What was the characteristic about them that prevented that from happening? Hmm? I'll give you the answer. The answer was that they had the seal of God on their forehead. Now, was it visible? No. Now, that, is, that is a metaphor for being sealed by God. Okay, and God seals his elect, et cetera, et cetera. It's mentioned this, this concept is throughout the Bible. <clears throat> and it may explain why some of us that are utterly, unobser- uh, utterly unworthy of God's mercy get it sometimes when we don't deserve it. I'm not going to make any judgments, and I certainly don't want to pass along the lie of once saved, always saved, because that would be, well, the end of me. I'd probably be right there with them plummeting downward. And I, homie ain't going there. Praise God. So anyway, so the point is, if in Revelation chapter 9, the locusts were not allowed to sting those that had the seal of God on their foreheads, e.g. the tribulation saints or the foolish virgins, then why is it, why would we think that something bad would necessarily happen to the Church of Salem, North Carolina, when all of them had gone in and gotten their vaccinations? Unwittingly. They didn't know any better, and they certainly weren't going to believe any of this wacky conspiracy theorists and all that other stuff, because they weren't awake yet. But could they have the seal of God on them? Oh. See, people don't think about things like this. But I do. All right. But anyway, in, in, light, in light of the commentary regarding a, a hybrid agoraphobia, etc., uh, and not wanting to go out with all the craziness and wackiness that's going on out in the world, which, by the way, was testified not only by the UPS driver herself, which if anybody's going to know, any, know that kind of stuff, she would, uh, but also it was uh, testified to me uh, by the Uber driver that dropped me off for that hamburger when I got drugged by my customer downtown uh, on the Vegas Strip to go have a hamburger. 
which we never got anyway. But the Uber driver warned us and said, the strip is not like it used to be. It's a very dangerous place. Please be careful. And then he gave us some examples, like people just jumping out of alleys with handfuls of rocks and whipping them at his car for no good reason. Yeah. So anyway, why, you know, so the world is going a lot more crazy than I think a lot of us have been exposed to as of yet, but it doesn't mean that there aren't pockets of this kind of craziness going on all over the place, which in fact there are. The the problem is that the agendas, the narratives, the evilness, the lying media, the stuff that's going on right now is taking precedence and we're not getting wind of a lot of it. If it wasn't for Twitter, we wouldn't know about any uh, any of it in a lot of cases. Now I'm going to play for you the audio of um uh one such event that took place in Chicago uh, just a couple of nights ago. All I just want you to do is just listen to this. Listen to the mayhem. Here goes. Ready, get set, go. Has 2.2 million views. This is amazing. (laughs) They're kicking a car with a white guy in it. It's an older guy. They're rocking the car. They're on top of it and jumping up and down. Guy's, guy's pretty freaked out. There's a policeman walking around, but it's not really stopping much. Seems very BLM-ish. Seems very Antifa-ish. <laughs> oh, did you know that they put flyers down, uh, paper flyers down all over Washington, D.C.? Warning. Warning. Of uh, really bad things happening if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Yeah. Oh, and the uh, Supreme Court justices, <laughs> uh, basically, they have this docket that they're going to release the, um, the the judgments on their uh, rulings. It's, pre- it's pregnant with, with spooky, scary, apocalyptic things. It includes Roe versus Wade. It includes gun control stuff. It includes, uh, you know, religious rights stuff. It includes all the kinds of things that the Antifa, BLM, Soros, global satanic crime syndicate the gscs it's my term because i got sick and tired of trying to delineate who these people were because it's too big of a syndicate they operate exactly like the mob except they worship the devil and kill babies and drink blood and worse so i just call them the global satanic crime syndicate because they operate exactly like a crime syndicate in every in every sense of the word but it's much worse Okay, so anyway, um, uh, you know, so we see all these things happening. So the so the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, is basically in a situation where uh, they've made it clear that they're going to release the rulings and bolt. Okay, I was joking with somebody earlier today, and I said, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe they got this plan to do kind of like a, you know, do 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 do, kind of like you know, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Mission Impossible kind of thing, where I could see it right now. This would be just awesome. Uh, can you imagine like the the uh, the Supreme Court chambers, you know, and this this uh, a big hatch like opens up on the top of the Supreme Court building, and then out come all of the Supreme Court justices on jetpacks. <laughs> <laughs> they all just kind of fly over D.C., go down the Beltway and kind of disappear off into like, you know, uh, Eastern Maryland or Western Maryland. <laughs> that would be just too funny. I know it won't happen, but maybe I have a vivid imagination. In some cases, I do. Praise God. All right. So anyway, 
So I wanted to share that with you. Uh, and also, um, looking at the time, I still got to watch myself because, uh, you know, you know how it is. When you feel like you got freedom, then you talk about stuff. And uh, I'm just going to play a little bit of this. This was something called Domestic Traders uh, by Glenn Beck. Now, I love his work because it's very level-headed, and he thinks on it on his own. Now, the reason I know that he thinks on his own for the most part, you know, I don't want to say that he's in a silo or anything, but there are things that if he was listening to other people more controversial than him and believe in what they were saying, as he probably should, but he's not, which actually makes him an independent thinker, which is kind of cool. And it's nice. The more independent thinkers that are coming to the same conclusion at the same time is kind of like, wow, hey. So anyway, I'm going to play a little bit of this, Diddy, uh, and I might fast forward it to the very end once it starts to slow down in the middle. It's long. It's real long. Uh, and uh, instead of playing the whole thing, once it gets to about the five-minute mark, I might jump to the very end uh, and uh, let you hear that because that was a, it was a heck of a closing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, here we go. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. This is why President Trump terrified the far left. Because his goal to expand America's power, leadership, and superiority around the world ran directly against their own desire to ruin Lady Liberty. So now, with Trump gone and Biden at the helm, that plan is back in place, and it is dangerously close to being enacted. Real close. I just want to let you know the opening of this. He put a graphic on there, and Obama was lurking behind Biden. So you know, he it was his way of letting you know that he knows that Obama's actually pulling pulling the marionette strings. Anyway, on we go. You never voted for globalists to run the nation, but they're here. They comprise a group of domestic traders who are doing everything they can to bring America to her knees. Why? Because it's the only way to bring you to your knees. Tonight, I expose the plan that began 14 years ago. The Lord knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. I uh, just need to let you know there that that's uh, Michael, uh, the male uh, transvestite, uh, whatever it is, of Obama. Okay, that's Michael speaking right there. We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. Point by point, I'll show you what Obama began and what Biden is completing. Tonight, the pathway to servitude. The traitors who created the global supply crisis. Hello, America. Donald Trump scared the crap out of all the globalists all over the world with two simple words, America first. They don't want a dollar. They don't want a U.S.-dominated world order. They want the United States dominated by the world order. And the American left has figured something out. If they can get the most powerful nation in the world to bend the knee to a power greater than itself – then the American people will bend the knee to them. And we're being torn down and forced into servitude. But most people don't even recognize it yet. It is so frustrating. 
Obama started all of this back in 2007-2008, and when I began sounding the, sounding the warning bell, everybody said I was crazy. We're still finding things that Obama was setting up that is only now getting passed and put in online. One of the things I missed back in 2008, uh, he was already planning this the first year of his administration, and I'm going to show you everything tonight, including those things I missed. But Obama laid the groundwork for the end of American greatness, and Biden is now bringing it home. Tonight, I will show you what was proposed back in 2008. I will show you uh, the clue that would have tipped us off if we just, wait a minute, a sec, just hang on just a second. Before I go any further, Due to the social media algorithm, I have to be careful how I say this. So these things would have tipped me off uh, to the plan that I wrote a book about uh, that rhymes with the state tea set. Or maybe the, the, the crate regret. Or the <laughs> straight brunette. He's trying, you know to, he's trying to not get picked off of YouTube. I don't want to use those words tonight because of algorithms. Anyway, we could have seen this coming for 14 years. 14 years ago, had I known just this one thing. I'll go deeper into it later in the show. But in 2008, it was being sold as the global financial standards. I remember that. But I didn't see what they were doing. And I think maybe we were so busy on other things that we didn't look into the plan, and it stalled here at home. But it continued within the halls of the globalist agenda, and now it is being carried out under the Biden administration. I don't know about you, but I didn't vote for Joe Biden, but a lot of Americans did. How many of them voted for globalist leadership outside of our borders? I don't know anybody. But it is happening, and I will show you the foreign influence that is truly running our country right now. I'm also going to show you the people here domestically that have I – I hate to use this word, but they're traitors. They are traitors. They were to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. They are the ones that are selling us out. They are helping to fund the implementation, uh, uh, the implementation of the, the great T-set here on Main Street. I'll show you the deadly consequences that are coming. If you think food, gas, and labor shortages are bad, did you hear what the governor of um, Washington State said today? He says death and destruction will happen this summer. And he says it's because we're going to have brownouts and blackouts. But why are we having those? Wait until all the rest of this goes through. Speaking of 2008, let me go back to May 14th, 2008 in Puerto Rico. Watch. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, we're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place uh, as a nation to provide the kind of future that we all want desperately for our children. Right. One one full of LGBT, LMNOP, and all the weirdness that we see happening today. But anyway, Glenn goes in and basically breaks down the things that we talk about this on, on this program all the time. 
Okay, he does a really eloquent job. Spends a long time doing it, by the way. It's a full hour, uh, and it's uh, it's worth it. And you can you can find it, of course, at glenbeck.com. I think if you if you look around uh, under, you, I don't know, just. Uh, Probe around, probe around like I did. I found it. Um, I'm trying to look at the, trying to see the page that uh, it's actually located on, but I'm looking at the URL and I don't know. Hold on. No. Okay. It's under the Glenn. It's under the TV link. Glenn TV link. So you can go and listen to the whole thing, but he does a fan. He does a really good job of explaining this global supply chain and how, what we talk about all the time, the domino effect that is in play right now. And um, that, that topic is, by the way, uh, being covered by an awful lot of uh, sources of information. I don't want to use the term media because that it might imply Fox and CNN, and they're doing a crummy job. Uh, but it, it's, it's the cat's out of the bag. So the problem is, can it be reversed? And really looking at the global situation the way it is at this time, Reports of like some 40 trucks uh, belonging to the United States military stealing grain from Syria and making a run for it. Boy, that sure don't sound to me like we're in a good place right now. So, and where are they going? They going to the deep underground military bases? Probably. So anyway, um, you know, is, are things way further along than we think? Could be. Probably. Probably. Sure seems like it every time, every time something bad happens. You know, we were warned. We were warned about the New World Order in 1988 by, uh, 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 you know, Ralph um, uh, uh you know, in the book The New World Order by the proclamation of uh, Herbert W. Bush, 1991, I think, no, 93, the speech. Oh, come on, folks. I mean, please. And then it hits, and then we're all going, oh, my gosh, what is that, terrorist attack? So, I mean, folks. <laughs> Thank God we woke up, but look, how far behind are we right now in our discovery? That's pretty scary stuff. I mean, literally, we could be, I mean, if you think about it, you consider all the things that are in place right now, the money, the control grid, the global Santana control grid, if you will, uh, crime syndicate, the judges that are bought and paid for, what was that one poll that indicated that there were over 76, uh, not Supreme Court justices, but you know what I mean, high-level courts, federal courts, that were under the control, 76 identified federal courts under the control of Soros. Now, not going to be or whatever, but are. The question is, even if Trump gets a landslide vote in 2024, which don't look like we're going to make it that far, at least at this point, but if we did, well... What does that mean? You know, given given the 2,000 mules, they didn't fix anything. The Dominion machines didn't go away. We talked about this already. They, you know, I'm watching the uh, the uh, the uh, primaries. I'm watching these things, and it ain't 100 percent. We did the same exact thing just happened in in, in, uh, in two of the key positions that should have been re- replaced with Republicans. Well, actually, they were. I'm just saying that they they lost the deal in uh, with the in the primaries in guess where Georgia. Same thing. So it appears the control grid over the controlled states is still fully active. So are the 2,000 2000 mules fully active? 
There certainly hasn't been enough uh, uh, voter law instituted. Now, granted, uh, the theory is that the midterm topples, you know, the, uh, this wave of red rolls over the midterm, uh, you know, does its thing, and then stuff starts getting reversed. Theory, just theory. And even if it did get reversed, would that stop them? Do you, do you think that just stuffing ballots is the only thing they did? How much more do they have up their sleeve? How much control do they have over the Dominion machines? They're still there. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All that being said, I mean, remember, it's hitting everywhere. It's hitting everywhere, folks. Spectrum cable can't replace cable boxes. They're sending technicians all over town because the chips are not available. They can't buy new cable boxes. Southwest Airlines can't serve coffee on flights because their supply chain for their coffee cups is run out. These are things that you don't even consider already being wiped out. Just amazing. It if it if it's touching all that as those areas, it's touching everywhere. Remember the uh the Mustang plant up in uh Michigan? Completely shut down. Stop building Mustangs. <clears throat> can't get the electronics. If they if they can't build them for the if they can't do it for Mustangs, what else can't they do it for? Military equipment, F-35s. What else? Advanced radar systems for ships. Advancement of hypersonic missiles in the United States. Uh, no. Are they stopped? Probably. Might they be stopped anyway by the entity known as Obama? Yeah. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and go into the main section of the news rapidly, and then we'll bring on Brother uh, Benjamin uh, Baruch and uh, some powerful information regarding World War III. Here we go. Ready to get set, go. All right, praise God. This headline, first up, United Kingdom government admits that new polio outbreak, if you haven't heard so far, there are pol- polio is starting to outbreak in different places, that the new polio outbreak is likely caused by the oral vaccine. So it, it's a long story. They found signs of polio here, there, and everywhere. And uh, this is the conclusion. Some of the government scientists in the UK are, well, it says they admit that they believe, because they, they found it in the water supply, and then they were like, okay, how would it get there, traced back in there? And they actually said it's coming from the oral vaccine. So that's a very noteworthy thing right there. Does that mean polio is going to outbreak everywhere? All I can tell you is that B, BNN, whoever they are, uh, newsroom on Twitter, it's a British something or another, uh, says breaking national incident incident declared after traces of polio virus detected in London sewage, says the UKHSA. Hmm? Wow. All right. Very significant. Very creepy. Next one up. Here we go. Australian state bans Nazi swastikas amidst the resurgence of the far-right extremism. Huh? So, let's see here. It's not just the Azov Battalion in the Ukraine. They're everywhere? It's kind of looking like it, isn't it? Or are we being manipulated into believing that it is everywhere? Are the people that are doing this stuff being paid? Hmm. 
Maybe that's more likely. Does it matter? Probably not. Next one up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Breitbart reports, the World Health Organization is ready to meet in Geneva and decide a new name for, get this, monkeypox. They've got to rename it because they've got to recreate the narrative because the, narr- the original narrative doesn't, didn't scare people enough. Because they looked it up on the Internet and they're like, hey, this, that, and the other thing. Now they're getting together in Geneva and they're going to give it a new name. Who are they? The World Economic Forum people, the Bilderberg people, the Rhodes Roundtable people. The list goes on. The Tavistock Institute, you name it. The Committee of 300, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. They're getting together to rename Monkeypox and create a new narrative and scare everybody and say, oh, my God, you have the, uh, the, the blistering cholera virus. Bum, bum, bum. And your children and your children's children and your children's children's children are going to grow up with giant boils on their face. You need to take the vaccine. That's how it goes. Next one up. Oh, and don't, oh, and don't forget about the reports that are leaking out that say that they had done a gain of function on the monkeypox at Wuhan. There were actual uh, leaks that were coming from rep, rep, reputable sources, the best I could tell. I mean, compared to who, who's reputable nowadays? I mean, really. Uh, anyway, I, I know the ones that I kind of sort of trust, but they even got their own agendas. All right, next one up. Praise God. Next one up. Uh, Europe warned to prepare for total shutdown of Russian gas exports before the winter. Now, now, let's translate this. <laughs> Basically, what this is saying is Europe has been warned to prepare for the total inability to warm food, to warm the house, and to freeze to death during the winter. I mean, really, that's essentially what this is saying. Why? Because of Obama. There you go. All right, let's just cut to the chase. We don't have a lot of time to beat around the bush. All right, next one up. Putin threatens to deploy the Saint II nuclear missile, which can reach the United Kingdom in three minutes by the end of the end of the year. Why in three minutes? That's fast. Holy moly. The average submarine-launched ballistic missile launched from a Russian submarine takes seven minutes from the point, and that's when they're sitting right off the coast of the country. And then they hit the button, and it takes seven minutes from launch until it explodes over the cities uh, with the multiple uh, um, uh, 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 reentry vehicles, okay, uh, independent reentry vehicles. Okay, by seven minutes, you can't you can't get Biden to realize what planet he's on in seven minutes. But anyway, whole other thing. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up, Sri Lanka's prime minister. He says their economy has complete collapsed. Okay, so again, <laughs> so how did World War Three? Have you read the book The Winds of War? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't read the whole thing. You know why? Now, I did see the movie, but that's kind of cheating. But I started reading the book. It's thick. That thing's about four inches thick. Why is it so thick? Because the winds of war for World War II lasted forever, even after they started to invade Poland with their blitzkrieg thing. Okay, I, I'm just letting you know, folks, when, when, when you've got a leader of a country like Sri Lanka coming forward and saying our, our economy has collapsed, how far along is it for everybody else? All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. 
Abzir reports Russian oil refinery near Ukraine says it was hit by a drone attack. Oh, that's wonderful. So the one place on the earth that we could probably recover from, which would never happen anyway, uh, from the situation that we've been thrust into by the global St. Daniels Crime Syndicate with their agenda. I mean, it, what do you, they're, they're blowing up oil anyway, but what would Nazis do? Aren't they part of the World Economic Forum? Didn't they keep some 30, 33 uh, separate bioweapons labs designed for attacking people with genetic, with the ability to zero in with contagions that can kill people based upon their genetic code and drop them from drones? Are you kidding me? And, 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 the, and Sergei, uh, Sergei, Sergei um, uh, what's his last name, uh, Sergei or whatever, the head military guy for Russia, uh, went before the United Nations and, and showed him all the proof and nobody shut up. That's a travesty of the world. Calls by Obama and his sick, twisted, transvestite wife. Praise God that, well, no, it's all the other ones, too, but then, you know, that are part of the global Christiana crime syndicate. And we'll just leave it at that. And Satan is, the, by the way, the CEO of that particular corporation. Next one up. The British were told to check polio vaccine stats. Once eradicated virus now returns to the United Kingdom. Polio is back, they say. Next headline is up. Praise God. Texas just went nuclear, announcing that they want to secede from the United States in 2023 as the Republicans push for a referendum vote in declaring that President Joe Biden was not legitimately elected. And I thought that maybe since this was coming from strange sounds, that he was maybe just overstating things a little bit. But then I read carefully what it says, and they actually wrote, Texas retains the right to secede from the United States. And the Texas legislature should be called upon to pass a referendum uh, consistent thereto. So, again, there was this uh, article that was, uh, I don't know, it says, um, let me see if I can find the actual. Yeah, it says the demand for Texas to be was one of many measures adopted adopted by the Republican Party platform following last week's state convention in Houston. And evidently uh, they, they made this referendum uh, and wrote those words within it. So that's pretty that's pretty provocative. All right, praise God, thank you Jesus. We'll see what see if any other states follow up. We're, we got to wait and see what happens with 2000 mules and will it be too late? Will it be too late? 40 trucks, United States convoy, loaded with stolen wheat are smuggled out of Syria. Syria is often accused of the United States of mounting an economic war against it by controlling the nation's crucial northeastern areas, which contain up to 90% of the country's oils and greatest agricultural resources. A new report has emerged claiming that 40-truck U.S. convoy loaded with stolen wheat was smuggled out of Syria very recently, complete with photographs. Next one up. Epic Times reports Trump primary picks lose in Georgia primary elections. Are we surprised? I don't think we are. Next one up. China sends dozens of warplanes into the skies near Taiwan. Oh, no. What could it be? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a precursor to World War III. Hey, I'm a poet and don't know it. Praise God. In Beijing's BRICS summit, Putin is back on top of the world stage. And there is Xing Jinping, ping pong ping, and, uh, you know, Putin. And it uh, looks like the, uh, 
who's that? that? Oh, that's probably the imp. That that would be the head guy for Brazil. Uh, I don't know his name. I'd have to. Oh, it's got them all here. J.R. Bol Serrano. That guy's for India. But it's got the, the head guy of India, the head guy of South Africa, the head guy of Brazil, Putin, and Jinping Pong. All together holding hands, smiling, and getting ready to give each other big, fat, slobbery kisses on their freaky-deaky faces. And they're all part of the global uh, satanic crime syndicate, too. They're just on a different branch of it. All right, praise God. Make no mistakes. All right, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Donald Trump likely no longer in contempt of court, says New York Attorney General. That is amazing. I don't know how much... (laughs) Donald Trump is slipping checks. I don't know how much he's paying people under the table. But somebody – I was watching a news report on an alternative media news site, and they were commenting on Donald Trump, and they were saying, you watch Donald Trump with all these attacks that are coming against him from the courts and in in the the southeastern, you know, freezing, blah, 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 you know, New York and all that. And he was. was, It it was looking pretty grim that he's going to be called into contempt of court for not turning over paperwork, et cetera, and all this kind of stuff. And look, here we go. Here's our report. It says, no longer in contempt. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, and and they were saying in the news report, they were like, Donald Trump is not going to go. He's not going to be taken out in shackles. They're not going to put handcuffs on him. He's a billionaire, which basically is saying he can write a check, right? Amen. Next one up. Another food processing plant is destroyed. Is our government creating the food shortage, it says on this article, which, by the way, was not one of the normal websites out there that has been reporting uh, overtly uh, that our government is, uh, in fact, creating the food shortage. It's actually the Global St. Crime Syndicate, but they're working in concert, almost like a Michael Jackson concert, really, uh, moonwalking all over the, you know, the West. <laughs> Okay, they're fulfilling Bible prophecy. All right, another headline here. I made a list of over 20 in the last six months, this guy says, and it has 20 lists of the various food. Now, this list, if you want to see it on the show notes, you go to the show notes link at tribulation-now.org or tribulation-now.com, tribulation-now.com, tribulation-now.net, and um, it will take you, the show notes link will take you to the show notes. You can download it, and then on page Ah, 246, you will see the list of all 20 sites. These are only food. These are not the animal kills, you know, the cullings. Uh, So it's a list of 20 food processing sites that were taken down by fire and explosives, which, by the way, with the building uh, supply crisis, which I am a personal victim of, uh, I can tell you is very real, and they are not rebuilding plants at all. Okay, so it doesn't matter if they're really well insured. They're not going to rebuild. All right, because again, all right, next one up. Night of rage, night of rage. Flyers are spotted in Washington, D.C., ahead of the Roe versus Wade decision. D.C. call to action, night of rage. Hit the streets, it says. The night SCOTUS overturns Roe versus Raids. We must do this to our oppressors. You said you're, you'd riot to our oppressors. And boy, this is getting heavy. And the Republicans did this. But again, you know, folks, while Antifa and BLM were out riding in the streets with George Soros' money on a pre-planned attack against, you know, mankind, you know, the Republicans are sitting there with a scrunched up look on their face going, what the? I thought, no, this is, who is that? You know, whatever. All right, next one up. Peretz reports ministers in a last-ditch effort to block the Net- Netanyahu from forming the next government because people hated Netanyahu. That's why he had to try to form a government, couldn't form the government. That's how they do it. The whole, the whole deal with the way the Israeli government works is really 
freaky weird. Uh, but anyway, bottom line is Netanyahu very well might come back in because they're going ahead and closing down the Bennett operation, and they're going to reform a new government, which is what they call what they do, instead of voting. I don't know. They, it's just weird. All right. Chris News reports. Former homosexuals say silencing Christians' LGBTQ agenda is their main objective, which, of course, is no surprise to any of us. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, we are at the point where we want to bring on Brother Benjamin Baruch. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And let's go ahead and do that. Praise God. Brother Benjamin, are you there? I'm here. Hello, Johnny. Hey, your Yeti sounds good, man. It's a nice thundering sound it's got going on there. It sounds excellent. Very clear, I, very I, powerful. <laughs> should I turn it down a little bit? No, no, no. I got a Blue Yeti. It sounds perfect. So it, you know, The only time you got to okay. turn down a Blue Yeti is when you have a house like mine in Tampa, Florida, where the air conditioning is kicking on all the time. And let me tell you something. You don't want to have any background noise with a Yeti, boy, because it's going to pick up your cat meowing four blocks down the street. <laughs> so it's working perfectly in your operation. Praise God. Well, right on. So it's all yours, brother. Take it away. <laughs> well, let, you know what? Let's. Why don't you open us in prayer? Because there's been a lot of resistance against this program. Um, the enemy's really tried to stop this message from coming out. So, if you would, sure. Johnny, bless us, cover us in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree by the authority of the Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. That no entity of the darkness, worker of saint and live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, any entity that calls that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, we, re, we absolve it of its power. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We declare the holy fire of God to burn it into screaming agony in accordance with Colossians 2.15 if any attempts are made against this program. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus upon us. We declare the holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate us on all sides. Job 1.9. We declare this in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you will send specialized strike angels, Father, Delta Force, a platoon of Delta Force strike angels on a search and destroy mission to, to protect us from all indirect threat vectors. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let nothing touch us. In Jesus' name, protect this broadcast in accordance with your will father you stated in john 12 13 14 and that, that, that whatever we ask in the name of jesus that it will be given us if that the father may be glorified in the son and we know that this is glorifying your name father and we praise you for the promise we claim that promise in the mighty name of jesus it is your word and you are not a man that you would lie so we thank you jesus we praise you for the authority you have given us and we Claim it in the name of Jesus. We declare that divine protection around this program. Let the word be given according to your will, Father, in Jesus' name, and be glorified. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, give utterance by your spirit to the words in my mouth, to, to Johnny's words. And give the spirit of, of wisdom and knowledge to the audience that they could listen and hear hear with their hearts 
and understand with their minds and Lord that they would respond appropriately according to your perfect will for each and every one of us in Jesus name I pray hallelujah thank you Lord amen hallelujah hey it's been a while yeah I'm, I'm glad we're getting a chance to do this tribulation now program before we're in the tribulation because I'm not sure you know, once World War III goes down, um, the other side of that war is the beginning of the tribulation period, or at least the beginning of the final seven-year countdown. And I, I'm not sure. We might get um, kicked off all media formats, Johnny. That's true. They're gonna, no, that's, that's yeah, absolutely they're gonna take, true. Yeah, we're not going to be broadcasting. Well, unless we've got our own little radio tower in Edom. Hey, that might be kind of cool. Right, we could. Uh, I already, I already looked into that. I, I'm not joking, you. I, I'm a, I'm a uh, amateur extra class lifetime uh, license holder, uh, and I understand uh, high frequency radio very, very well. I worked with the tube type Collins systems back in uh, the 70s and such, and I can tell you, I looked into that and forget about it, man. Just the cost of a proper antenna to get any any real distance that's trustworthy on on the HF bands in uh, in in uh, you know that that uh, that uh, you know shortwave would would be using. Wow, <laughs> you're, for, for, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to figure out how we're going to come up with about twenty thousand dollars and a, a special FCC license and property, by the way, to put it on. <laughs> okay, that's why when Rick Wiles bought that uh, ready-made uh, station, I was thinking to myself, well, that's pretty much about the only way you can do it because of the permits and everything else that goes along with it. So yeah, it's. Um, it's a lot harder to pull off than a lot of folks think. <laughs> I I thought I could do it, and I was like, no way. Well, aside from the twenty thousand, why would the FCC have jurisdiction in Jordan? Um, well, I don't know about Jordan, but and if we if we went to another country, we would have to be subject to their laws. But there are um, international laws that are drawn up about uh, how the the frequency spectrum of radio is cut up, and they all license. They all license the different segments because they don't want radio people talking over top of their cellular towers and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think everything we say and do will be illegal in that period of time. They're already doing it to you, They're already doing it. Tribulation now got – we were getting busted on YouTube. And the reason why isn't because our titles were giving it away. It's because they're using artificial intelligence engines on audio processors. And so when your YouTube video is being – it says processing, processing, processing. When that is occurring, they're running an AI engine against the sound pattern, and they're looking for keywords. Well, we were using all their trigger words, and I got word from – uh, yeah, Jimmy Buchanan, who who was doing the YouTube channel uh, in Scotland, and he said he's like, we're getting busted, we're getting busted, they're going to take everything down. And I said, just move it over to BitChute right away, just get rid of YouTube immediately. And so yes, they are doing it. That, that's probably why the Lord told put it upon my heart in a powerful way to stay put. There was a period of time we were having a lot of technical difficulties with uh, Blog Talk Radio. They were severe, and we had I don't know maybe two, three shows a month that were capsizing. Uh, and um, yeah, 
everybody was like, oh, go to YouTube, go to YouTube, do this, do that. And YouTube was like everybody's favorite. They would go to YouTube, go to YouTube, and look at this. Now now people are being taken, taken down like crazy. I mean, they can't last even three or four days mentioning a couple of words. Yeah, they've just become ridiculous, haven't they? <laughs> the truth is like, treason. It's unbelievable. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. It's amazing. The truth is treason in an empire of lies. Well, where do we start, Johnny? Where would you like to start tonight? Well, the cool thing about it is because we've extended the extra time, and you don't don't feel obligated to use it all. Uh, a, a lot of the guests don't. But if but if you feel led to use the whole chunk of time, we have uh, a lot. Okay, so we're we're you know minus the seven minutes that we've been chatting back and forth. We we have the remainder of the ninety left, which allows you to decide if you want to kind of go back and set the tone uh, through your study, which was remarkably impressive regarding the Chaldeans in the, in the scripture, uh, you know, and that role, uh, you know, if you feel led, but you can also, sure, you know, if you don't, you know, you can also just move right into to the stuff that you and, uh, you know, uh, Brother Nyquist have worked on historically as well, which is amazing. Well, yeah, you know what, let's touch on the 70-year reign of Babylon. Um, and, you know, that's really the beginning of of uh, the revelation of the time that is now at hand. And, and that message, you know, it turns out it was uh, quite prescient in, insofar as once we hit the 70th year, which is 2020 for the United States, and I'll explain why, everything changed. And I was on the, um, the Coast to Coast program in November of 2019, and, and I shared just briefly how the prophecy of a 70-year reign of Babylon was repeating again at the end of the age in the reign of end-time Babylon, America, and that the rule of America as the ruling superpower of the earth really began after World War II. I mean, you know, we were not a superpower in the, in the 1700s or the 1800s, and we were even an isolationist country in the first half of the 20th century. And we didn't want to get involved in foreign wars, and, and, um, and we were certainly not an empire until after World War II, which began what was known as the American century later. And and um, the, the reference for that is, is in two parts of Jeremiah. And the first is in Jeremiah chapter 25, and I'm just going to touch on this briefly because we've got a lot to talk about in what's coming to pass. But in, te- in verse 12 of Jeremiah 25, the scripture reads, And it shall come to pass when the 70 years are accomplished or expired or completed, that I, the Lord, will punish the king of Babylon, that was Belshazzar at the time in ancient Babylon, and that nation, which was ancient Babylon, which fell in the year 539 BC. I will punish the king of ancient Babylon and that nation, says the Lord, for their iniquity against me and the land of the Chaldeans, which I will make a perpetual desolation. Well, you know, the, the reference to Babylon and the land of the Chaldeans is sort of all over scripture, you know, and 
And most people assume that the Chaldeans are another name for the Babylonians. And that it's actually sort of a synonym. Uh, but, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. Actually, in Daniel 2, when Nebuchadnezzar has the dream that troubles him, you know, he, he commands his servants, call the soothsayers and the astrologers and the Chaldeans. Well, he didn't say call all the Babylonian citizens. <laughs> he was calling a, a special class of people who were known as Chaldeans. And these are professional sorcerers. The Chaldeans were actually a country to the south of ancient Babylon. Um, and the name Chaldea uh, identifies their ruling political elite who were the holders of the secret religion, um, which today is the, the light that is held by the members of the world's secret societies who still worship the mystery religion that expresses itself in arcane symbols. And um, it's, you know, obviously this is Satanism and witchcraft that I'm talking about. And so the Chaldean state was a separate country from Babylon. But in the 600 BC era, the Chaldeans began to infiltrate into Babylon. And they ultimately succeeded in, in acquiring the throne and in, in putting one of their members on the throne of Babylon. Babylon had been a country for several thousand years. It was just another nation. It had been conquered by the pharaohs. It had been conquered by the Assyrians. It wasn't a world-class empire. It was a small, you know, country. Yeah, they had a failed Tower of Babel that they built. Didn't amount to much in the end. Babylon was just one more nation until the Chaldeans snuck in. And Johnny, they came in through the southern border, which was wide open. They didn't they never got around to building that wall. And, uh, and once the Satanists, once the Chaldeans, the secret society members, acquired political control of Babylon, that was the point where Satan lifted Babylon up as a world empire. And for 70 years, it ruled the nations. And all the nations in that part of the world served ancient Babylon. And the word is abed, and it literally means to serve as a slave or a servant. And so... And at the end of that 70-year period, Babylon was suddenly destroyed. In the middle of the night, the immediate Persian army had dammed up the river that flowed under the walls of the city. And once the river dried up, the army walked in under the cover of darkness. They were quiet as a church mouse. They literally killed the royal family. And they filled the city with soldiers. And in the morning when the people woke up, they were occupied by a foreign army. And, you know, they, obviously the people were, were startled and the immediate reaction was fear. But the soldiers and the political spokesman for Cyrus the king told the Babylonian citizens, don't be afraid. You, the city has been conquered by Media Persia. Cyrus is now your new king. But he's going to guarantee your peace and your property rights. And so... Don't even get upset. Just go to work, go open your business, go to your job, have a nice day. The only thing that's going to change is you're going to mail your tax return to a new address, one Media Persia Boulevard. And other than paying taxes to a new king, you're not going to miss a beat. Have a nice day. And the citizens of Babylon went, oh, great. And they didn't even have a recession, Johnny. 
Babylon continued as a province under Media Persia until Alexander conquered the empire. It became a province of Greece until the Romans showed up, and the city of Babylon existed for almost 700 years before it was abandoned somewhere in around the 250th year of the Common Era. So after 70 years, the king of Babylon was destroyed. Belshazzar was killed. And the nation of Babylon was gone in the morning. It was now merely a province of Media Persia. So in one hour, Babylon was eradicated. But the only blood that was spilled was really the royal family. The citizens experienced no hardship whatsoever. And the first act that Cyrus did, Johnny, was to free the slaves. So when we're reading verse 12 of Jeremiah 25, the second half of that prophecy dealing with the land of the Chaldeans which would become a perpetual desolation, which would be totally annihilated following its destruction, following its judgment, that was never fulfilled in the fall of ancient Babylon. And then the balance of the chapter, I won't go through every verse, the balance of the chapter describes the judgment at the end of the age following the battle of Ezekiel 38. You know, for example, in verse 13, the prophet writes, and I will bring upon that land, the land of the Chaldeans, which is America, and I'll explain why, all the words which I've pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah pronounced or prophesied against all of the nations. So let me paraphrase that for you. God is saying, I am going to throw the book at America. I'm going to bring every judgment that Jeremiah prophesied against America. Well, what does that include? Uh, the cities burning like Sodom and Gomorrah, Jeremiah 15, uh, The land becoming an utter desolation, which means completely annihilated. Oh, in verse 14, many nations and great kings, ancient Babylon fell but to one king, Cyrus. Not great kings, plural. Not many nations. It was Media Persia that was one nation, two peoples, one nation. But in the end of the age, when end-time Babylon is attacked, it will be many nations and great kings. And guess what it says? They will serve themselves of them also. All right. I don't like that English translation one bit. It confuses the meaning. Let me explain this in more clear English. They're going to take the surviving citizens into slavery. Cyrus freed the slaves. The Red Chinese are going to take slaves. And I will recompense upon these people for their evil deeds according to the work of their own hands. And then in verse 15... The Lord says to Jeremiah, take the wine cup of my fury from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall be mad because of the sword that I'm sending among them. And then the Lord says, or Jeremiah says, then I took the cup and the Lord said to me, give it to Jerusalem and the cities of Judah and to the kings thereof and the princes to make them a desolation and an astonishment and a hissing and a curse to this day. And Pharaoh, and then the prophet goes on, he names 30 nations. And 30 being the number of maturity or completion, God's basically saying, I'm going to do a complete judgment. And in case you think this is not talking about a judgment of the entire earth, in verse 26, the Lord says, And all the kings of the north, far and near, one with another, and all the kingdoms of the world. And the Lord's basically saying, look, you think I missed somebody? I didn't put their name in here. Let me just put it to you this way. All the kingdoms of the earth are going to be judged. And then the king of Sheshach will drink after them, and that's Satan. Sheshach is another name. It's the mystery name for Babylon. 
And the king of mystery Babylon is Satan, and he's going to drink as well. God's going to judge the satanic powers after he judges the world that they've ruined. And then he talks about calling forth a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth. And the slain of the Lord will be from one end. Verse 32, evil shall go forth from one nation to another. And a great whirlwind from the ends of the earth. And the slain of the Lord will be on that day from one end of the earth to the other. Now, when ancient Babylon fell under God's judgment, the slain of the Lord were in the bedroom of the king of Babylon. Yeah, from one end of the bed to the other. Here, it's from one end of the earth to the other. This is the judgment at the end of the age. And it begins with the destruction of a nation that has become the land of the Chaldeans. So what nation, right, is the end-time superpower that was um, covertly conquered by a satanic coup d'etat that occurred in the secret society, the back rooms of the secret societies, and in the, in the administrations of power in all of the bureaucratic agencies that were created to supposedly regulate good for the people of America. Now, every one of these bureaucracies, CDC, FDA, EPA, you know, on and on. I mean, it doesn't matter. Whichever one they created, it's now occupied by high-level Satanists. It's being used to usurp and to dominate and to drive this country to destruction because it's through the destruction of America. It's through the eagle's wings being plucked in Daniel 7 that the Antichrist, the lion, gets lifted up above the earth and caused to stand on its feet as a man and the beast will be given the heart of a man. Lucifer will possess the Antichrist and, and will enter into the final chapter of human history. But listen, it's not all bad news for the United States because in the text it's very clear that the Lord is not going to abandon this country, which is his country. It's going to be judged and it's going to become a total desolation. But there will be a remnant that will be saved through this fire. And God is going to use them in ways that have never been seen before. It's the most exciting time ever to be a believer, especially a believer here in the United States. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid of Bible prophecy because, you know, it scares them that, you know, something bad might happen, you know, in, in the neighborhood in which they live. But the Lord's already promised to protect that which is his. And so here we are. Now, how did we figure out that 2020 was the 70th year? Well, it was pretty simple, really. Just go do a detailed study of the history of 1946 to 1949. It'll blow your mind. All of the institutions of global government were all created in that window following World War II. And I mean, it's a long list. But 1949 took the cake. They created the um, World Health Organization. Communist China stood up as a nation when Mao Zedong announced the victory in the Chinese Civil War of the Chinese Communist Party. I know I'm saying, I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I just keep getting thinking it's supposed to be pronounced Mao Satan. But, you know, I mean, the Red Dragon, right, it kind of fit. So Mao Satan and the Chinese show up. The Republic of Germany rises in Europe. Jerusalem's made the capital of Israel. And the NATO Treaty signed on the White House lawn on April 4th, 1949. Later that year, America would experience its first mass shooting under the beginning of the reign of the Chaldeans. Now, why would I say 1950 if America was crowned the ruling superpower 
of the free world in 1949. Well, according to the tradition of the Chaldean kings, they don't count the year of ascension to the throne as the first year of their rule. They only use complete calendar years using the Chaldean calendar, which begins in the month of March, April, based on the first day of spring. I guess it would be the month of March continually. And on the third day of that Chaldean calendar, they have their first ritual, which is the Burning Man ritual. And I'm not talking about the drunk fest in the California desert. I'm talking about the ritual where they actually burn men alive as human sacrifices. And they always do something on the third day. And that would make 1950 the first complete year of the Chaldean rule. Johnny, that would make 1963 the 13th year of their reign. And that was the year they assassinated an American president in broad daylight in front of thousands of witnesses who saw nothing. And I remember later in the 60s, they brought out that commemorative stamp, the 13-cent stamp with Kennedy's bust on it. Do you remember that stamp, Johnny? Vaguely. Had a little I was 13. a little baby. <laughs> I was born in 62. Okay. So. Well, I was... Yeah. I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. And um, I was pretty aware as a young kid. I remember when that stamp came out and I I got a a roll of them, picked up a roll of them, and I'm looking at that stamp and I'm thinking, there's something wrong with this stamp. I, I don't know what it is, but it says more than I can see on it. There's some hidden message in this stamp. I knew that at 12 years old. And, um, it turns out the third, you know, they could have released a stamp with Kennedy's head on it in 1964 when postage was six cents or, or 1965 or 66. They waited for postage to become 13 cents because they were celebrating the 13th year of Chaldean rule, 13C, which they celebrated by killing an American president. In 1973, it was the 23rd year. And 23 is the number of deaths. And so in 1973, the Chaldean-controlled Supreme Court made the worship of Molech legal in America. And the murder of babies was, was declared a, a constitutional right of a mother. And we began to shed the blood of the innocent in this land. Next year, it'll be 50 years curses that were released by all that innocent blood they will have returned in full measure requiring a double payment because it was the life of innocence that was not only being snuffed out but these babies were being burned to death in their mother's womb with saline abortions the little the little baby's bodies would come out blackened and shriveled up from the the salt that burned them to death or they were they were torn to pieces by the suction extermination methods. Or they were later in in the cycle of insanity, they began to shove scissors in the back of the necks of the babies as they were being born. And now in California, legislation will allow you to kill your child up to, I know one bill proposed seven days, another proposed 28 days. You know, if the mother doesn't really like the child, if things aren't really working out, you can just go kill the kid. I mean, if you did that to your dog, you'd go to prison. So, and obviously the insanity has gone full circle. Let's look at the other place in uh, the scripture where we deal with the 70 years of Babylon. And you guys are going to like this. Okay, it's in Jeremiah 29, 
Uh, this is everybody's favorite or one of your favorite verses, you know, J- Jeremiah 29 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you, except for that's not where we start. That's totally lacking the contest. And, you know, nobody reads verse 10, which is the context of this entire prophecy. And, you know, in verse prior to that, in verse 8 and 9, the Lord basically says, don't listen to the prophetic movement that's in your midst here at the end of the age, because for the most part, they're all lying to you. They prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I've not sent them, says the Lord. Boy, I tell you, you know, if there's one message, one thing you learn from me, you know, learn how to fast and pray and learn how to not listen to prophetic voices unless they are confirmed. But in verse 10, the Lord says, thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you. Oh, well, that's the birth of the man child. That's the Lord coming in visitation. And um, I've recorded an entire program called The Visit, part one and part two. And I'll go, I go into great detail on what that verse means where God says, I'm coming to visit you. Uh, I would direct you to my website, BenjaminBrook.net, and you'll find it on one of the links there if you're interested in what the visit looks like. But this is the visitation of the Lord coming as the Lion of Judah. And this occurs following... Ezekiel 38 and World War III, or, or right in the midst of the fires of World War III. So, the, you know, we can expect the visitation of the Lord probably later this year. Uh, we'll get to that. But the Lord says, I'm coming to visit you after the Babylon's 70 years have been completed, and I'm going to cause you to return to this place by blowing up the country you're currently residing in. Right now, nobody has any plans to leave. But when the thing is utter desolation, everybody will be thinking about how do we get out. But look what the Lord says in verse 11. But I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. What end do we expect, Johnny? We who are believers, we we expect the Lord to save us, right? I mean, that's our whole deal. We're holding out for salvation. We're waiting on the Lord for his deliverance. We are hoping and praying for God's New covenant promises. And look what the Lord says. I'm going to give you your expected end. I'm coming to save you. And then you'll call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me. And I'll hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'll be found of you, says the Lord. And I'll turn away your captivity. And I'll gather you from all over the world. And from all the places where I've driven you. And um, now just stop and think for a minute here. God's saying, you know what? Every one of you is going to find me. You're going to find the Lord in a profound way. He is going to reveal himself to you. He's going to show you his power. He's going to anoint you with his Holy Spirit. You're going to know his will. And all that's going to happen when you search for him with all of your heart. Well, what has? why would suddenly all of the Christian church be searching for the Lord with all of their heart? Um, because we've had a thermonuclear war and because the nation has basically been destroyed, the, there's no electric power, there's no gasoline, there's no food, there's no water, there's nothing but the wicked losing their minds and killing each other. The dead and the dying piling up in mass. And for the Christians, the only hope will be the Lord. And our idols of silver and gold, throw them in the garbage. Nobody wants your silver and gold when there's no food trucks running. 
and there's no fuel to be purchased. The gold's worthless. The gold will be thrown in the street, and the silver isn't even worth carrying. But, you know, until then, everybody feels a little bit more safe with their silver and their gold. Actually, the smartest thing we could do right now, and as I explained to you how close we really are to this war, um, those of you that have, you know, uh, sizable savings, hey, <laughs> start giving it to the Lord. Because he says, if you give to the poor, I count it as a loan to me, and I will pay you back. And I'll tell you, the only person you can trust right now with your investments is God. Because he's the only person capable of paying you back under all circumstances. And really, it's the smartest thing any of us could do, right? But how many of us really believe what the Lord said? If you give unto the poor in my name, I'm going to count it a loan, and I'm going to pay you back. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, that's great, but I think I'll keep my money at Wells Fargo. <laughs> well, Wells Fargo's planning on stealing your money, or they're going to shut the doors and never open them again, and your money will be as good as gone. But the people will find the Lord when they search with their whole hearts. And so 70 years, starting in 1950, that would make 2020 the 70th year. And it expired in using the spring calendar, March of 21. Well, why, why isn't the judgment order here? Um, it is here. <laughs> Did you miss something? <laughs> Did you forget about the um, bioweapon that was intentionally released? Oh, I'm sorry. It was a bat had um, fell into a bowl of soup. Right. And they conveniently built the Wuhan bioweapons lab in the downtown district of one of the most populated cities in China, um, thinking curiously what a great place to have an accidental release of a deadly bioweapon. Most countries put their bioresearch facilities outside their cities, uh, unless you want to have a good cover story of an accidental release to a future intended bioweapon release. So, you know, we had the bioweapon, and then we had the, well, then the government took the, the um, crisis that it created by prohibiting all medical in interventions. Governors are ordering doctors not to use certain prescribed medications. Um, that actually amounts to the illegal practice of medicine. If a governor doesn't have a medical license, they're not legally authorized to tell a doctor what they can and cannot prescribe. Yet the governors broke the law. They dis disregarded the Constitution and they violated the civil rights and the freedoms of, of every American in a massive power grab in which they locked down, they quarantined the healthy. That had never been done before in the history of the world. Nobody quarantines the healthy. You know, I, I would direct you guys just as a, a little advertisement. Of, I'll advertise a book by Naomi Wolf, The Bodies of Others. The New Authoritarians, COVID-19, and the War Against Humanity. And um, she talks, this is just from the inside cover, just to take a moment here. In her most provocative book yet, Dr. Naomi Wolf shows how the forces of big tech, big pharma, and the Chinese Communist Party and our oligarchical elites of the shadow secret societies of Satan seized upon the two-year COVID pandemic in a sinister way to not only undermine our republic, but to fundamentally reorientate human relations as well. 
Their target is humanity. Their goal, to ensure that our pre-March 2020 world is gone forever, irretrievable, to be replaced with a world in which all human endeavor will occur behind a digital paywall, in a world in which we'll have to ask permission to be human. And, you know, it's a brilliant analysis of the absolute corruption of the pandemic, its responses. And I'm sure our audience is somewhat aware. I know, I'm sure you guys listen to Robert Kennedy Jr. I'm sure you've heard Dr. Merrick or Dr. McCulloch or Dr. Malone, uh, Corey, you know, the, the, the list goes on. Um, you guys, if you don't know those names, then you're out of touch and you better get caught up. But what we have seen is an attack on humanity. And it began with a bioweapon and it got worse with a medical intervention that was actually designed as a weapon itself. And it's going to be followed by a world war to cover up the fatalities that are now assured. And then out of the ashes of the world war will rise a one world government. But what the, the satanic societies don't count on is the Lord is coming and he's going to upset all of their plans and he's going to deliver his remnant. He's coming to save his bride. And, um, you know, I, I love in, in Isaiah where, where the scripture says, let me just read the exact text. So, so I don't miss any of the, the absolute beauty of the, of the prophecy because the Lord is, his word is beautiful. And so is he Isaiah 63. Who is this that comes from Edom? with the dyed garments of Basra. Him who is glorious in his apparel is going to be wearing garments of glory, traveling in the mightiness, the greatness of strength and his power. And then he answers, it is I who speak in righteousness and I am mighty to save. And he is, he's mighty to save. He's capable of saving you and he's capable of saving your children He's capable of saving everyone that turns to him with a pure heart. And he will. He, he told me so himself. He said, I will protect that which is mine. If our hearts are truly his, if our lives are sold out to him, if, if we are serving him and him alone, then you belong to the Lord. You are, and according to the law of Scripture, the, the property that has been dedicated to the Lord, which is now the Lord's property... You, it's prohibited to burn it in the sacrificing fires. You can't burn God's property as a sacrifice. It must be preserved from the fire because it's the Lord's property. The same is true for the people. The people whose hearts are 100% the Lord, they will be preserved from the fire. The Laodicean church whose hearts are in love with the world, and if they're born again, their spirits belong with, to the Lord, while their spirits will be saved through the fire. And they'll be cleansed by the fire. And they'll get a crown of glory for not denying Jesus into the end. Hallelujah. But the 70th year of Babylon ended in March of 2021. And now we've passed into past March of 2022. Now, <clears throat> some people would argue, wait a minute, Benjamin, all of the judgments have to have happened within the first year. You know, where does it say that in the scriptures? It, well, it doesn't, but 
you know, that's just our anal thinking. As a matter of fact, most people would expect that if the prophecy said after the 70 years are expired, I'm going to, I'm going to judge the land of the Chaldeans, which shall become a perpetual desolation. A lot of people would think the desolation would occur like the next day, right, Johnny? I mean, or at least in the next month, the next year, right? I mean, surely God might not take a year or two to finish the judgment, right? But the scripture doesn't tell us how fast these judgments are going to move. Anyway, I'm pointing to the fact that a lot of times prophecy is being fulfilled and people can't even see it. Um, let me give you guys an example that you know, you're probably all familiar with, but you probably didn't know it. Um, this is something that you know, but you don't know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it to you. The prophecy of the 70 weeks in uh, Daniel 24, uh, we're told that after the three score and two weeks, after the command to restore the Jerusalem, um, after 62 weeks, the Messiah would come. Well, the 62 weeks is 434 years. You know, Newton argued these are Hebraic prophecies. We need to use a Hebraic calendar. Therefore, we got to add the Jubilees to the Hebraic. You know, this prophecy of weeks is all Sabbath weeks. Every seven years is a Sabbath year. And at the end of seven Sabbath years, we have a Jubilee. And so with, with Newton's reckoning, we'd add eight Jubilees to 434. And so we would get to 442 is the time period from the command to restore Jerusalem to the birth of Messiah. And Artaxerxes who was the third king of Media Persia, gave such a command in 444 BC. He actually commissioned Nehemiah with the money to go rebuild Jerusalem. And, and so that began the countdown. But if you go study the book of Daniel carefully, you'll find out Cyrus issued a commandment to rebuild the city. And so did Darius. Oh, wait a minute. The Bible says from the command to restore Jerusalem until the coming of Messiah, you know, it, it only talks about one commandment. The actual fulfillment of the prophecy waited for the third commandment. You know, a lot of people would argue, but, well, that's not possible. God would have to do it on the first one. Okay, fine. You know, you take that up with the Lord when you, when you get to heaven. God, I, I would have expected you would have to do it on. No, he didn't. He waited for a third commandment. Are you familiar with that, Johnny? You following me? No. I mean, I am following you, but I, I'm, I'm not that familiar with that part of the scripture. That's why, you know, we all have our specialties, and that's not my specialty. It depends on you. <laughs> well, okay. Um, so, but the point I'm trying to make is this prophecy was actually fulfilled. Cyrus issued a command. Darius issued a similar command. And Artaxerxes issues a command and shows up with the, the budgetary authorizations and the money and and Nehemiah and Ezra and a series of Jews go and they actually you know and and that was the the third and final command well here we are and essentially the entering into I guess this the third year of the completion of Babylon's 70 year reign and now we're looking at the world war and from the looks of things or I should say from all of the evidence in the real world, the deep state, they're tearing the country apart at the seams now. I mean, the perfect economic storm is occurring. 
The supply-side disruptions are creating an inflation that can't be stopped by gradual increases in interest rates. Yet those interest rate hikes can stop the economy. An inflation paradox is occurring. Raising rates won't solve supply chain problems, while lower rates only makes inflation worse. At the same time, all of our sanctions of Russia have destroyed the global economic order. And along so, with hey, it, they're in the process. Check, so check this out. Two reports just released. First one is entitled, Oil Market Could Remain Tight for the Next Five Years Minimum, ExxonMobil CEO. Next report, the next stage of inflation is, is incoming, economist says. It says the next stage of inflation incoming, uh, it goes on to explain in the article without going ahead and reading the article. It's just saying that there's going to be a, that the next stage it's coming is far, far worse than the photographs that they have are showing, you know, just empty shelves as far as the eye can see in major supermarkets. So the, the, what you're seeing, the CEOs, the members of the board of some of the biggest companies in the world are coming forward publicly and saying they're warning everybody. You know what I mean? Because you know how, you know how it is. The, the global, I call it the global Santana crime syndicate. They don't tell everybody they're there. It's a hierarchical. It's, it's like the military need to know kind of a thing, you know, and they don't tell everybody. So just because you're one of the CEOs that used to be, you know, maybe you went to the Bilderberg a couple of times, maybe you're a Mason. It doesn't mean that you're privy to the WEF, you know, Klaus Schwab, oh, yeah. House of Windsor, whatever plan, you know, you don't all, not everybody gets the whole, whole story, right? Oh, absolutely correct. Yeah, and they, they are systematically tearing down the economic system, brick by brick, piece by piece. The fact that they have shattered the global economy and, and what do I mean by that? The countries that are in Europe, that are in the Middle East, you know, China, Saudi Arabia, the European Union, under the prior economic model, they were all selling product to the United States. We were shipping them printed money. It was ending up deposited into their banking system by the by the corporations that produced all the export product that we bought. And the central banks were converting it into local currency and taking the dollars and investing them in the U.S. Treasury debt market. So in effect, the Treasury deficit was being financed by the trade deficit. I mean, it was like an infinite motion machine, right? We borrow a trillion dollars to buy all these cool gadgets from overseas. So we buy a trillion dollars worth of French wine and German sports cars and, and electronics from China and Japan and Korea. That trillion dollars goes into those foreign countries. They turn around and buy a trillion dollars of treasury debt. And so we have basically paid our federal deficit with our trade deficit. What could go wrong, right? Yeah, because nothing, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And, and something that doesn't make sense in the end will stop working at some point in time. Well, it doesn't make any sense that a nation could continue to just you know, go deeper and deeper into debt. And it didn't matter how much money they borrowed because they were never planning on paying you anyway. Right? 
That all continued until the war and the sanctions and the United States starting to seize the bank accounts of Russian companies and Russian citizens. And then the Saudi royal family looked at that and went, oh my goodness, they're going to steal our money next if we, don't, if we do anything they don't like. And the Chinese immediately began having high-level meetings. How do we get our trillion dollars out of the U.S.? Because you know, we, we're going to go to war with them eventually. We, we need to protect our money before we protect our citizens. And so you know, Russia and China and the Arab OPEC states all began scurrying around with, okay, well, what do we do? You know, well, one thing for sure you don't do is you don't continue to accumulate more treasury debt. So, you know, the free lunch is over. And the fact that we're now seeing accelerating inflation, it's not just the energy shock from sanctioning and, and excluding Russian energy, which has caused shortages of supply in different parts of the global market, which is driving price, but it's also the fact that the trading partners are no longer playing the game of take the American money and just reinvest it in the American debt machine because everybody knows this is over. The game's done. We're not going back. You know, we're, we're never going to go back to the prior one world economy. And in, a, in an economy of fractured markets, the U.S. is going to have to start paying real interest to borrow money. That adjustment has just begun. But the United States can't pay real interest. Our federal deficit is $30 trillion. If we had to raise interest rates on the, on the federal debt by 1%, it's $300 billion. If we raise interest rates by 10%, it's $3 trillion. That's more than our entire tax receipt. Our country's bankrupt. Flat broke. It's done. It's, if it was a steak, you could stick a fork in it. It's finished. And, of course, Biden's just, you know, paddle to the metal. I mean, when you know, you know, when, and I've done a lot of bankruptcy work in the corporate sector. When you know you're going bankrupt, you don't try to save money. You spend it like a drunken sailor. You draw down every credit line. You spend every dime. Because when you finally file for bankruptcy, you don't want to show a bunch of bank accounts with a lot of cash. So, you know, you go on a wild spending spree. That's what the U.S. is doing right now because, you know, bankruptcy is ahead for the whole world. So they've broken the global economy. They've destroyed the global economic system that was providing the prosperity. But, you know, uh, and I don't mean to d dwell on endlessly on, on this point, but... We here in the United States, we were getting a free lunch. We were borrowing money from the slave labor countries that were producing all of our cheap imported goods, you know, which is exactly what the scripture says Babylon would do. The nations would serve, and the words abed in Hebrew, and it literally means as a slave. You know, the, the slave labor of China and India and Mexico and these other states where these people were working for, you know, a dollar an hour, you know, 16 cents an hour in some cases. You know, all of the slave labor was working to produce goods for America. And then we turned around and borrowed the money from these people. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. 
And yet that's how we achieved this seeming unending prosperity, which was financed with $30 trillion of debt now we can't pay. I mean, the reality is they drove us right into the ground, but nobody was smart enough to see that the system was bankrupted and it was just – it was operating on borrowed money that was being financed by a lie. Well, time to tell the truth has come. The global supply chain is collapsing. At the same time, we've seen an incredible surge in fires, arson attacks on food processing plants across the U.S. They're destroying – food processing capabilities. They're destroying massive quantities of our livestock. And, you know, just to show you how wicked Babylon really is, when, when these corporate institutional uh, agri-farms, when they decide, you know, they're going to kill the 200,000 pigs, um, they don't give any concern to humane uh, execution of, the, of these animals. They only look at cost. And so the cheapest way to kill a large quantity of these helpless creatures is to simply burn them to death in, in their, um, their grazing buildings. So they hook up these huge heaters and these huge steam generators, and, and they, they cook the chickens and the pigs to death while they're alive. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. You know, and the Lord... The righteous have mercy even on their animals. The Lord cares for these little creatures. He's not happy for them to be tortured. God's mercy is over his entire creation. We're supposed to be kind to everyone. I mean, yes, cut the head off the rattlesnake, but even do that painlessly. Don't torture the poor thing. can't help the fact that it's a snake, but in any event, horrific evil being done in this time. As the global food supply is being destroyed. And now they're disrupting the global fertilizer markets. No doubt, Johnny, you've heard those reports. They're not going to be shipping the fertilizer in anywhere near the quantities necessary to continue food production at the normal levels. And, you know, we're looking at everybody's already announced we're going to have global famine. I mean, it's been baked into the cake. Of course, nobody's talking about the grand solar minimum, which means the weather's going to get a lot colder and. So, you know, we're headed into the dark ages. In the background, the weather wars are intensifying, but none of that exists on the mainstream media, so most people are ignorant there. And, you know, topping it all off, you know, the, uh, small footnote, um, the United States is currently engaged in a war with Russia, in a place called Ukraine, which happens to be the most corrupt country in Europe. It's the center for sex trafficking and for... Bio, illegal bioweapons research and um, drug dealing um, and human slave trade. Great country. They love democracy. Um, and it's also full of corrupt. It's the place where money is laundered. It's the place where, you know, rich politicians put their kids on the board of directors and get massive kickbacks for, you know, for stuff that's off the books. And now we're directly fighting the Russians via proxy with Ukraine. And, and then Finland. And Johnny, you're, you're familiar with what they've done with Kaliningrad, right? The, the blockade? Um, I am aware of uh, Finland and Sweden right now um, uh, trying very desperately to become um, 
you know, they want to become part of NATO. Uh, Turkey, Erdogan is pushing back against that, saying no way. So he's got some kind of a veto power. I just today heard about the Colin Grad thing, but I didn't uh, I didn't get a lot of detail about it. Tell us more. Well, Kaliningrad is a territory of Russia that is on the coast uh, next to uh, Lithuania and Poland. And there is a rail corridor between the landmass of Russia and this little peninsula, which is legally Russian territory. And um, I don't know, a million Russian citizens live there or something like that. And... uh, there was an agreement between Lithuania and Russia following the fall of the Soviet Union where Lithuania uh, promised to allow Russian trains to transit this area of Lithuanian territory from Russia proper to Kaliningrad. And the trains don't stop. You can't get on or off in Lithuania. They just pass through Lithuania. Well, two days ago, Lithuania decided enough of that agreement – uh, they're going to blockade that uh, transit route, which Russia has been using for 30 years to transport goods and people. And, you know, people that are there want to go to Russia. They get on a train and it, it takes them to Russia. Or if they want to send their, you know, produce or goods that are transported in or out. It all goes by train. Now Lithuania's decided they're going to block that trade route. Well, Russia responded in writing to the Lithuanian government and said, "Look." Uh, you know, we demand you honor the agreement that you've signed that has been in place for 30 years and reopen uh, this route. And if you don't, we promise we will respond with military force. And Lithuania basically said, hey, we're part of NATO. Instead, this was their response to Russia. Uh, we're a NATO country, and you know, if you were to use military force against us, that you will be – in fact, declaring war on the United States and on all the other NATO members. And so, yeah, um, Article Five in Finland, yeah, they're, doing that, they're doing Pardon? that. With, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that that technique, okay, that they're employing as a collective force of evil against Russia. It's orchestrated. It's, as you know, completely, totally orchestrated. It's harmonized. Um, it's strategically thought out. It's staged in just the right order. But yes, the, the, the what, what this this strategy of cutting them off little by little, little by little, little by little. They want to, you know, their 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 goal is to provoke Russia into doing anything that would allow them to invoke Article Five of the, of you know the NATO, you know. Well, I don't know if they call it a treaty or whatever, but the NATO organization uh, probably charter and Article Five basically says, any, you know, to, to your point, anybody who attacks any of the NATO countries, we all respond, you know, as a collective against, uh, you know, the attacker. Um, so, but but they're but to your point, they're intentionally cutting off things. Um, I forget what the Trinistria. Trinistria is another country which has a pocket of. So basically, what they're doing is they're identifying any geographic area. That has the same um, demographic makeup of Donbass, Donetsk, Lugansk, Mariupol, and Odessa. There, any anywhere it may be located in the Eastern Bloc states, the pockets of Russian people. Trinistria is one of them. Obviously, uh, you know this this other train route area. Like to your point, has millions of Russians there. They're identifying those locations. The 
the, 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 the Satanic Crime Syndicate. They're identifying them. They're putting pressure on the uh, leadership of these countries, severe pressure. You can believe it, probably threats of death, the whole deal. And then, uh, then they're succumbing and going in and doing you – know, they're basically putting a, a – you know, they're committing suicide and, um, and, you know, with the goal of provoking Russia into doing anything, even so much as flying jets over NATO territory so that they can proclaim uh, under their charter Article 5, and then they have the right to attack. Now, what's fascinating, though, is that I am of the opinion – now, I'm not going to say one thing or the other. I, I, you know, It's just my opinion. But my opinion is – and I think it synchronizes or harmonizes with your opinion as well – since their ultimate goal is the collapse of the West, since their ultimate – and I don't, want to, I don't want to say the whole West – but certainly Babylon the Great, ultimately. It, it, it goes back to the lore of the Phoenix. It goes back to uh, Sir Francis Bacon's uh, uh, you know, um, writing called The New Atlantis. None of this stuff is new. They've been planning this stuff for hundreds of years. Okay, And the goal is to collapse the big boy okay, so that everybody else kowtows to them. Once they flex their muscles, because right now Russia – China, Brazil, South Africa, and India all know the, the BRICS group. They are all fully aware. There is no ignorance in this group. They absolutely know beyond any shadow of a doubt that they started to form the BRICS organization about eight, uh, no, about five, six years ago. So they, they saw this train, no pun intended, coming at them a long time ago. They saw the whole dance that went on with uh, Hillary and all the lies and all the garbage that went on with the, with, you know, it, oh, they saw it all. They saw it coming, and um, so they started – they formed the BRICS group, and, and now they fully activated the BRICS group, and they're actually doing financially quite well. Russia has been stocking up on fantastic amounts of gold to back their, 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 their money system, uh, and uh, you look at the money valuation charts, and it's amazing because the ruble's like through the roof. China is like doing real well, and, and uh, of course, they, ha- they get to pull everybody else in Southeast Asia gets to get, you know, they all get to get, so North Korea is going to be included. You name it. Any of these, any of the Indonesian countries that want to join, they're all going to be joined. So it's going to be really, it's going to be one half of the world against the other half of the world ultimately, but they're provoking it. And what's fascinating is I don't really think they want it. I mean, they want Russia to attack. Yes. They want Russia to attack. What I don't think they want is I don't think they have any intention of NATO attacking back. It's almost like many of us may have experienced this when we were in school, when we were in grade school or high school or whatever, where, you know, in my school we had the jocks and the heads. And the heads for, and I was I was a band geek, so I kind of didn't fit into either group. But the he, but the heads were where all the you know there were the guys who got together in cliques and groups and hoodies, and they would come after guys like me because I was big, you know, I was six six foot two, you know, three hundred pounds, and so I was a target because in their world, you, you know, you you kick the heck out of the big guy and you're big and bad and ugly and all that kind of stuff. But the point is. Many of us have been on the playground and had the so-called bad guys come after us in groups, and when we 
surprise them and stand up to them aggressively, they back down really fast. So I would not at all – now, again, I, you know, I, who knows exactly how it's going to go down. I'm just throwing this out on the table. As I, a I, I don't know that I'd use – I don't think I'd use a playground example, uh, which I'm sure is quite it's, relevant in dealing with bullies on a playground, yeah. with the, the Russian military. Um, you know, they're not really bullies. These are professional warriors. That's, and, that's uh, true. And, and they actually have a plan now. You know, Condoleezza Rice, who's, you know, um, highly educated, she's an academic uh, expert, you know, made a statement um, in the last day or two that, you know, she is certain that Russia would never use their nuclear arsenal and, and that they would never use their tactical nuclear advantage in a conventional war against NATO, which means NATO's superior military capabilities conventionally would assure that NATO would defeat Russia. And, you know, I think it's accurate that the NATO forces, particularly the American forces, are far more skilled at multi-dimensional warfare and in integrating air power and naval firepower, ground force firepower, and, and using it all in proper coordination uh, on a multi-dimensional battlefield, our forces are very good at conventional war. We've got a lot of practice. We've been at war with the world for 70 years, practically. I mean, if you look back and count all the wars since America's been the ruling Babylon, I mean, I think it's like 60 of the 70 years we've been fighting somebody somewhere. You know, years of absolute peace are pretty rare. But in any event, you know, that's the uh, analyst view is that, well, Russia would never use their nuclear supremacy. But, you know, that, uh, I asked Jeff Nyquist what he thought of that comment today, and <laughs> this was his answer. Typical academic stupidity. <laughs> I had to laugh because it is. It's typical. It's, it's typical of an American uh, analyst view. Uh, it's strictly academic. It's actually stupid, though, because, you know, if you look at the organization of the Russian military – the vast majority of the Russian defense budget is spent on nuclear weapons and missiles. You know, they don't they don't have the expertise to uh, wage conventional coordinated war like we do because their military doctrine doesn't really contemplate the, the type of war that we fight. Their strategy is get the enemy to echelon their forces together, and then let's fire our tactical nuclear weapons and just annihilate all the NATO armies. And then tell the, the European capitals, sanction this. And while you're at it, um, you know, we could be in your backyard in two days. And what's going to stop us? Anything you put on our path, we'll nuke that as well. Oh, and you think Europe will try a tactical nuclear strike on the Soviet Union or on Russia? Russia has 12,000 ABMs. We have none. Well, the same and, you know, the, the, the idea is that Russia not, and so are the MIRVs. The, the, the oh, multiple yeah, independent well, reentry vehicles are also hypersonic, and there's several of them. I don't remember the exact number inside the same two, but um, uh, the Samat missile, if you want to oh, call it that. Oh, but yeah. Three minutes, three minutes from launch, uh, they, it, the crazy. UK is obliterated. It's gone in three minutes. 
That is way too fast, and there are no anti-air weapons in existence in the world anywhere that can stop those missiles. And I do mean missiles. So they launch one. They're really launching about seven. And every one of them, it's too fast. Johnny, if Russia wanted to, they could they could take Western Europe off the map. Now, they don't want to take Western Europe off the map, and so they won't. They, but they do expect to destroy the NATO army, and then they expect Western Europe to be uh, reasonable in the negotiations for peace. Right? And Russia will seek to normalize their relations with the Europeans. And what normalization means is Russia calls the shots, and the Europeans accept the deal. And that's normal in a communist worldview. And, you know, their nuclear supremacy is unquestioned. And, you know, the U.S. is in the same position where we don't really even have a valid deterrent. Our, you know, our Trident submarines are shadowed by their Poseidon unmanned subs that are really unmanned missiles. Um, Our air bases are not even alerted. We have our, our strategic air command is spread over three air bases. The planes aren't alerted. They're not sitting on the end of the runway with you know, weapons on board, engines running. You know, if this was 1963 with the Cuban Missile Crisis, those B-52s would be in the sky over the Arctic Circle 24-7 in, just in case the order to launch was given. And the, all those planes would have to do is turn their nose towards Russia when they get to the, you know, the airspace of the Russian Federation. They would just unleash their cruise missiles. And, but no, we're, our planes aren't even, they're not even alerted. The crews are off the base, you know, engaged in the whatever, leave. And it would take between 8 to 72 hours to get those planes in the air. The attack on those air bases will be accomplished when, within minutes. So you can forget about the Strategic Air Command. And you can say goodbye to the Trident submarines. And the 400 land-based ICBMs that we have left, that, by the way, they all have the wrong warheads, Johnny. I won't go into the technical details. I mean, you know, I, I can dig them out of my file. I don't have it memorized, but um, it's, it's essentially an inappropriate warhead for the purpose for which we'd need those missiles. They're going to be destroyed in their silos. And if they do get out of the ground, the Russians have uh, – an EMP ABM system that, you know, all they got to do is get into outer space near our missiles, detonate their EMP warhead, and it'll fry the electronics of everything that's line of sight up there. So all our missiles malfunction and just fall to the ground. We can be defeated. You know, nobody's bothered to tell the American people. Apparently, nobody told most of the American military, and they certainly didn't tell the liberal politicians that the United States nuclear nuclear deterrent, which is based on the predicated mad theory, mutually assured destruction, which is really, an, you know, it's a relic from the 1950s. I mean, how stupid of us to still be using a defensive strategy that's 70 years old at this point? Oh, wait, our B-52s are 70 years old. Hey, they're as old as the reign of Babylon. What a coincidence. You know, this whole thing's a joke. The only thing assured about mutually assured destruction is that we will be destroyed in World War III. That you can count on, and, and a surviving remnant will come out of this. But, okay, so that's sort of like the big picture. Now let's talk about what's going on. Um, there was a high-level meeting in China about three weeks ago, 
at the uh, provincial level, atop the, the communist leadership, the governor, the senior generals within each region, senior Proletbureau members at the state level. It would be the equivalent of a state governor and the generals in charge of the military bases within that state and, and high-level political um, party members all meeting in closed-door sessions for two days, one of which took place in the Shanghai region. And um, one of the generals that was present recorded a little over an hour of the meeting and leaked the tape, which got in the hands of a Chinese dissident. He forwarded it out of the country, and it was actually received by Dr. Peter Vincent Pry, um, who is one of the nation's top um, experts on the balance of power between the, between the superpowers. And he's a formal consultant. You know, he's a he's a pretty high level person on uh, on the Hill in terms of all things military. And, was previously a CIA analyst for 25 years, still works close with a number of guys in the CIA. So he forwards he the tape onto the CIA. Five different teams analyze it, come back and say, yeah, it's uh, legit. They could even recognize the, the voices and they knew which Chinese military officials were, were in the meeting. And on the tape, what they basically discussed was the directions from Beijing to place the country on a war footing, the reason for the zero COVID lockdown, you know, and, and th- that whole concept is like absurd, you know, zero common colds. We're going to lock the city down until there's no one that ever has a common cold or the flu again. Well, you know, that's absurd. It's not, you can't do that. Well, th- it was a joke. You know, it was a political cover story. They wanted all of the people locked down and they wanted an excuse to shut down the ports and they wanted the ability to move their mobile ICBMs without being seen on the highways. And they disguised them as medical trucks. And they're moving their mobile ICBMs, Johnny, and they're putting them on merchant marine ships. And they're going to sail them across the Pacific. They're going to get within a few hundred miles. And then the launch to delivery time won't be 15 to 20 minutes. It'll be a matter of a couple minutes. In addition, they're retrofitting up to 1,000 merchant marine vessels to carry 15 million tons of military equipment and supplies, munitions. And uh, this is just within one region. This is occurring all over the port cities of, of China. They were told to move the equipment forward, that they would have 45 days to retrofit the ship's 45 days to load the equipment, and then they would begin to move these assets across the ocean for an eventual attack on the United States, which they planned to execute before November 1st at the latest, so there would not be a new election, so we couldn't throw the Democrats out of office, and they expected the Democratic governors to surrender a number of states following the land invasion. And I mean, it's just simply ridiculous. Um, it also disclosed that China is actually financing Russia's war in Ukraine. And China's built a factory on the border of Russia and Mongolia, a massive factory that's producing, you know, the state of the art fifth generation tanks, the Armadas. Russia's churning out military equipment for a massive war against NATO and for Russian forces to 
to join Chinese forces in their attack on uh, the North American continent, uh, scheduled to occur later this year. Um, they've been pretty smart as they've disguised a lot of these vehicles um, as public health vehicles. They're using only civilian communication frequencies for all of the radio chatter on this stuff um, so that they're, they're avoiding any kind of surveillance of military channels. They also discussed plans to begin a blockade of Taiwan in the coming month. And um, the blockade would be to uh, basically um, show the world that the United States was not capable of keeping any of its promises. Uh, once they put the blockade in place, China was going to tell the United States uh, either stand down or we will do a nuclear strike on the West Coast. And then we will sink your entire Pacific Navy using our hypersonic missiles. Um, and so they expect that the United States will actually uh, back off, that Biden will literally stand down. The blockade will prevent Taiwan from receiving supplies of food, fuel, military assistance. They expect that Taiwan will ultimately surrender without a shot after the U.S. is defeated later this year. Um, yeah, whether the nuclear blackmail will work with the United States, they will also try to split Japan and South Korea uh, from their alliances with America. Um, the transcript of this tape also disclosed that Russia has kept their best military units out of the Ukrainian conflict because they're planned to be, they'll be deployed in the U.S. against the U.S. in the Pacific Northwest and against Canada. Uh, yeah. And they also discussed the need to prepare China for the possibility of a retaliatory nuclear strike from the United States after China attacks the U.S. Uh, and, and the fact that they did acknowledge that in the event of a U.S. retaliatory strike, uh, it's possible that they could lose tens of millions of civilians uh, that was an acceptable loss in the eyes of the Communist Party. And, um, and so it goes. Um, their, their intention is to devastate our Navy and then take our country, take our country down and take our country over. And Russia will then have destroyed the NATO forces in Europe. Uh, they will get assistance from Iran that will open up another front with the U.S. in the Gulf, attacking Israel and American bases in Saudi Arabia. And North Korea will open up another front, attacking South Korea and U.S. bases in Japan. And all of this fun in the sun uh, is scheduled to go down in the, in the summer that is at hand. The summer is here. Remember when the Lord warned me, this was several years ago, and it was in November. I think it was five years ago. It was in November, and the winter had arrived early. And, I mean, literally, a ice storm had covered the Pacific Northwest, and, and it was like, you know, 20 degrees out, and fall had ended, and boom, flash, ice storm, winter's come. And, and I wake up in the morning to, to the sound of a – sounded like a bomb going off, and, and I heard a voice say, Summer is coming soon. Tell the people to clean their houses. You know, winter had, had practically not even begun. And I'm like, God's warning about summer, you know. And uh, 
that was like five years ago. And I think this is the summer he was warning about. You know, and at the time, I remember sharing that, and I'm thinking, I'm sure I'm going to be called a false prophet because, you know, God's talking about summer, and here it was winter, and obviously that can't be true, right, Johnny? God would never warn about summer during winter, would he? And he would never warn a few years early, would he? Wait, all the prophecies in the Bible were years early. I guess he does warn people early. But anyway, I, I expected a whole lot of a whole lot of flack, and no, nobody said a thing about that. Well, the summer that God was warning about appears to be here. You know, we you all know we're, they've told us we're facing power outages. We're going to face record heat domes. We've got a drought that is going to literally shut the water off. Uh, the inner cities are going to burn. Once they turn the power off, it'll be off for at least three days. That will cause all of the food in all the refrigerators and freezers to spoil. And can you imagine all those high-rise apartments in the, in the urban centers of America? 105, 110 degrees, no air conditioning. All the food's rotting in the fridge. No trucks running, no gasoline in the gas stations. Cities are going to burn. I mean, it's going to be chaos. China will be blockading Taiwan. The, you know, all of the people that wanted to stay asleep and pretend that nothing bad could ever happen to them. You know, I, I think they're going to start waking up one by one to realize, you know, the world has fundamentally changed. We're not going back. It's getting worse because we are in the judgment cycle. And, you know, now we're getting direct confirmation that our enemies are planning to attack us later this year. Now, I talked to Dr. Pry and I asked him, I said, well, you know, what do you think? And he said, well, that's a aggressive timeline and maybe they can pull it off. And maybe they might find it, you know, they run into delays and they won't be able to attack us by November 1st. And, um, you know, from prophecy, we know the judgment of Babylon comes during the fall harvest time, right, Johnny? You, you're probably familiar with that. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. So, you know, if it's not this fall, well, then we're going to have to wait a whole year. Um Honestly, for us Christians here, I guess waiting a year would be, if that's God's plan, then we're going to do it. And uh, we, you know, if that's the case, we should get a a, um, a November election. But Johnny, did you see the two thousand mules film on how they stole the election? Yeah, the the two thousand mules film um, was what caused the entire Republican legislature to um to make a uh a procl- you know, essentially a charter a, a proclamation uh and they publicly stated that um they do not no longer recognize Joe Biden as the president of the United States they made it official uh and they um also stated in the same paperwork uh that uh they have you know they reserve the right to succeed, secede from the union, um, and uh, you know from the country, which I find very interesting because they're, for what it's worth, Dimitri Dudeman and Wilkerson both saw uh, civil war break out in the United 
United States, which, by the way, can happen. I, this is one of the things I explained in the very early part of the radio show was that you could make a list of 30 events. Uh, I mean, a whole smorgasbord of different types of events that, that are, you know, have queued up and that you believe are going to ultimately happen uh, for what, you know, and and you could make that list in in all those different things, you know, civil war, uh, tactical nuclear strikes against NATO, um, you know, just make the list, make the list. Uh, you know, uh, there's, you know, uh, uh, F-15s, F-16s, I don't know if it, which one it is, probably 15s, but uh, launching two tactical nukes at the base of the Fordow facility in Iran, uh, the sinking of a uh, United States aircraft carrier uh, in the northern sea uh, off the coast of uh, the DPRK or North Korea. Um, the list just goes on and on, on and on and on. Uh, take that list, make, put it on a piece, of, take, get yourself a small notepad or, or whatever. Take the list. And there is absolutely nothing preventing all those things from going down essentially in a relatively simultaneous manner in parallel couple weeks couple weeks I mean, all that could yeah go. i mean take your pick you know really it, take your pick and so that's the thing that um kind of derails uh anyone out there who has historically such as myself i you know i can shots at it and of course i amend it continuously because uh, more information comes out but um anyone that's put together a timeline or you know a guesstimation a posit on what order this 30 you know, hypothetical events might go down in, well, what happens if they're in parallel? That changes everything, right? So, so yeah, we've got all kinds of wacky, crazy stuff going on right now. I, I you know, I, I just, you know, I spent the first half of the show, part of it anyway, trying to help remind people that we already have indisputable, unimpeachable evidence that the seals are rolling out in parallel, it's a fact. Oh, it's un- yeah, of course they are. Sure. But yeah, the most Red Horse of War is... Yeah. Yeah, the Red I Horse mean, the Red, horse, red Army, and so is the Black Horse. I know, the Black Horse, yeah. the finan- global financial collapse. Are you kidding me? I had somebody saying to me, well, hasn't that already happened yet? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You got, you have no idea what's coming, buddy. I said, you got to go back and study the Argentina 2001 financial collapse when they lost all access to money. ATMs were shut down. People were riding in the streets. And the only people that ate were the ones that had actual cash stored inside their houses. And the thing about silver and gold is this something that a lot of people don't think about. And they need to. In a situation where you have a total shutdown of the financial system, for whatever reason, it can be a cyber attack, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you have a total chaotic, riotous shutdown of the financial system and need people panicking for food, you pull out a gold coin in a 7-Eleven and you're going to be dead in 30 seconds. So you use silver and gold to do diddly. All right. So at the end of the day, these people that are buying silver and gold, I'm buying silver and gold. I'm going to be covered. I'm going to have this, you know, Roslyn Capital, this, that, and the other thing. No, 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 no. All you're doing is you're guaranteeing either your complete bankruptcy if you don't have the actual coins in your hand, and you're guaranteeing your death if you dare to pull one of them out in a, in a, in a financial collapse. But people don't think about those things. They don't think about common sense, basic, 
human behavior in a situation such as that. We're heading into a, a, a post-apocalyptic scenario that most people are unable to fathom. Well, you, you can look at the financial system closure of Argentina. The rest of the economy was still functioning. The system, the financial system locked up, but there still was some functioning economy in which to deal. We have a thermonuclear war and a land invasion in this country, which knocks out the power, you know, stops the ability of the trucks to move. Within three days, there's nothing in the 7-Eleven. It's been looted. Right. And within the cities, you know, there's no way – you know, commerce is not going to happen. You, you wouldn't risk leaving your house to try to go to the store. It'll be too dangerous. Right. Because the people that have nothing are going to be on the look out for someone that they can take from by any available means. So, no, the, the, the total collapse of civilization is actually what's coming. And so, you know, the only way to really prepare for it is is in prayer and, you know, and in times of prayer and fasting. And that's what really we should all be doing right now. But Johnny, I think we're running up on the end of our we are. Of time. And I was going to ask you, did you want to go ahead and close the prayer for us tonight? Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate your kindness to us, your mercy, your faithfulness. We thank you for these things. We thank you for the salvation that we've received through your name. We thank you, Lord, that this is your great and awesome day that has come. It's not the day of the enemy. It's not the day of, of the red dragon. It's not the day of communism. But it's, it's your day in which you are going to be exalted. It's the day of vengeance that has been in your heart, and it's also the year of your redeemed. It's a year of jubilee in the spirit a year of redemption for the people that turn from their sins totally. So, Lord, I pray that hearts would be pricked, that your Holy Spirit would bring conviction to each one of us on things that maybe we haven't yet dealt with at the cross. And, Lord, I pray that you would also convict people to pray for the babies that are being murdered in this country and also to, to fast and pray for the people that are walking point in this hour, people like Johnny, people like me who... Now, the listening audience does not realize the kind of targets that we are. We are truly targeted individuals, and you know, we, are, we are subject to a whole lot of trouble uh, because the enemy would love to silence us. But, Lord, your protection has allowed us to continue, and so we thank you for that. But, Lord, wake these people up. This is, no, this is not a tribulation game. You know, the program title is Tribulation Now. It's not the tribulation game. This isn't something we're going to watch from the comfort of our easy chair and our big screen TV. This is going to interrupt every one of our lives. And most of us have no idea how tough it's going to get. So Lord, I pray you would literally like pull, pour some cold water on our heads. Awaken us to the reality of what is literally down the road. And, and make a way, Lord, for the innocent ones. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Benjamin Baruch, folks. Um, hey, real quick, did you want to give anyone, you know, some uh, information on how they can get in touch, um, you know, uh, contact with you, all that kind of stuff? Would you, would you like to share that real quick? Well, you can 
you'll find um, a number of uh, published articles on my website, BenjaminBaruch.net, or you can go to Amazon and just type in my name. Um, you'll also find a series of books. If you have not read uh, Out of the Darkness, which is volume one of my Search the Scriptures series, uh, I would encourage you to get the book. Uh, you could also look at New Tactics to Global War, which I co-wrote with Jeff Nyquist. And we examine in detail Russia's initial phase of the Ukraine military operation when they invaded and annexed Crimea in 2014. And, and we laid out the analysis on how this current campaign, which is phase two, would follow within a matter of years. And so if you're interested in understanding the military balance of power that has changed, I would direct you to New Tactics of Global War. Uh, if you want to understand how to overcome uh, through the power of the Spirit, I would direct you to the Search the Scriptures series. And if you want to understand how America fits into Bible prophecy, get a copy of the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand, 7th edition. Um, Johnny, I deleted my contact information um, from my website, uh, just really more for personal security reasons. And, uh, you know, not that I didn't enjoy getting the comments from people, but, um, I, you know, I'm not really available for uh, for contact or communication at this point going forward. You know, the prudent shall hide themselves. And so you know, I show up occasionally to to do a program like this. And other than that, I'm, I'm trying to maintain something of a low profile, which for somebody like me is next to impossible. But, um, yeah, it's, it's all we got left. Yeah, I totally understand. Believe me. <laughs> Praise God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to bring this truth and, and amazing, uh, uh, you know, uh, understandings and revelations of the things that are coming upon this earth. Uh, and we praise you for this electronic ecclesia, puts the people that uh, make their hearts receive open and blind eyes in Jesus' name. We thank you, Brother Benjamin, for joining us tonight. Uh, World War III is in, or in about five months. Benjamin Baruch, a uh, powerful program. I hope that uh, you spread the word out there and get people, uh, you know, awakened to the possibility possibilities of what, uh, while we know it's coming eventually, but certainly the possibilities of what would be right around the corner. God bless you all for joining us. It's Wednesday, June the 22nd. We'll see you at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil at 7 p.m. Lord willing. Thank you, Brother Benjamin. God bless you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thank you for your prayers. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your own grace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life we are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past 
and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. To set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins We will be Your bride awaits Please patiently Longing for that blessed sound that will rise. The churches gather, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, We will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride and set it free. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.